What's not to love about American Giant? American-made, jobs for Americans, and they're manufacturing top-notch clothing with that good old American craftsmanship. They're also doing great things with the Rescue 22 Foundation. American Giant came up with this limited edition Rescue 22 classic full zip hoodie to help fund a service dog for a veteran in need. You can snag one on their website, American-Giant.com. American Giant believes that work and building up American manufacturing communities brings purpose, and purpose results in a better product. If you need quality clothing like jeans, t-shirts, and sweatshirts, check them out at American-Giant.com jack and get 20% off with discount code jack at checkout. This is the Danger Close Podcast. Beyond the Books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. My guest today is my friend, Bert Soren. He is the president and co-owner of Sorinex. That is S-O-R-I-N-E-X. Be sure and check them out online, also on the social channels. Had a great conversation with him just before taking off for the UFC fight tonight. So now, without further ado, here's Bert Soren. Awesome. Bert, thanks for coming up, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, so Fun cool. It's always so great to see you. Um, you're here for UFC. Yeah. And I'm going too. Yeah. We yeah. might even be sitting close. I think other. we might be. I think we might be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to take my little guy who yeah. is 12, going to be 13 soon, and told him yesterday, and he's excited. Was I don't it? think he's ever watched a full one okay. on uh, on TV. I think we... Every time we, we watch something, like they get distracted with something else and run off and just doing whatever they do. Yeah. So I don't think he really gets what's going to happen, but he's, he's watched all the Rocky, you know, he's watched all the Rockies yep. and all that stuff. So he gets, you know, combat type sport. Uh, right. So he, he does jujitsu. He doesn't do jujitsu now, but he did it a few years at jujitsu. Um, and we need to get him back into that. <sighs> These kids. Yeah. I, I kind of want to get my kids into it. I just don't know a good spot where, I, and that's close by kind of that whole martial art deal is like, you, I think you have to have a really good dojo and a good instructor. Mm-hmm. And I've heard some horror stories when oh, they're really? not the case. So it's like, uh, if I'm throwing my kids into something, I want to make sure they're, they're on the up and up. So. Yeah. We're lucky in San Diego. We had a really, uh, well, a lot of different options mm. down there. But one that was uh, was close to us. Uh, first was one in Coronado. Well, it was not there anymore. But run by an old SEAL buddy. Sure. Uh, mine out there. And with Aaron Hernandez also, who's yeah. uh, uh, awesome, awesome dude. Um, and then uh, went over to a Gracie school. Had a really good kids program. Yeah. So really liked that. So and my Jocko daughter got has his place down there. Jocko has. Yeah, it's a little far. It was a little farther. Right from us um but uh but yeah jock victory victory is there they have an amazing kids program also mm-hmm. and they have everything there uh, you've been there right it's crazy it's amazing that gym and then the uh, the area for rolling and then they have all these different classes for all the you know kickboxing or muay thai and it's just a really cool spot yeah i don't think people realize how much that guy has going on so he has a lot going on <laughs> yeah it's every time i think i have a lot going on i'm like man how does he do that i know jeez it's it's wild so yeah no i like the idea of getting my uh my little i think it's about right time to get in the jets or or something along those i mean they've been yeah. just kind of it's good to have that foundation yeah even yeah. my daughter doing it all those years and now she's uh she's just turned 18 but she's um 
yeah, she had a solid foundation. Mm. And she had a solid foundation. I mean, she's learning jujitsu from SEALs and world-class <laughs> right. guys that uh, that roll. And then she's learning long-range shooting from SEAL snipers. And, like, she had a – I don't know if she realizes how unique that upbringing was for right. her. Uh, but it's pretty cool to have – yeah, see, <laughs> yeah. SEAL snipers, Marine snipers, teaching her the long-range stuff, getting out to hunt, and then uh, rolling with these guys that, uh, that are just uh, such high-level practitioners. Isn't that – like kind of the goal though like isn't that what hopefully you know we work so hard to try to put our kids and our family in situations where they can have extraordinary experiences yeah i know that that is for me like same you know obviously a lot of the same group of people Mm -hmm. you're like man when when you get a kid taught by this person or a john dudley to teach how to yeah to shoot a bow and like you know you get some kind of wild world record holder in the shot put at your house is teaching your kid how to throw shot put in the backyard you're like dude like (laughs) come on yeah this is wild that's Uh, amazing try to and now we have phones up for better or for worse but the better part of it is that we have our cameras on us to capture those type of moments yes um and i'm i'm pretty bad about i take so many pictures of the of the kids um that they're Mm -hmm. like roll their eyes and stuff but i'm always trying to get the ones like where they're smiling if my little guy's making a funny face you know i'm like exactly so many my uh actually my my icloud thing just filled up totally and i looked at it you know, if you filled up iCloud, you're with the with the Max, and so I tried to buy more, but it wouldn't let me buy more. No way. So now I'm in. I'm like, what do I do now? I guess I gotta get a new. How many pictures do you have on your phone? I don't know. I'll show you after. But the whole, you know, that little bar that shows what is what you know where your storage is. Yeah. It's all the whatever the color is for photos is like the whole thing. Wow. Um, and then so I had that was it two terabytes was the max, and so I tried to. I'm like, oh, I'll buy two more terabytes, and it wouldn't let me. Yeah, it says you've already maxed out. So I'm like, you're just like a new red phone? flag for like yeah. information. Like, and so every time I like I open the photo part to do something, it says it hasn't backed up for X days, and then mm-hmm. the uh, it says that your storage is full. So I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. I, I think I have like fifty six thousand pictures on my phone, and yeah, look at it right now. My phone's over there. Ridiculous but, amount you know. of video, but the same thing. And, and then my kids are always like, Dad, put away your phone. I go. No, you don't like. I've taken them capturing this. Yeah, yeah I'm capturing you know, this. John Dudley's I'm, teaching you how to shoot a bow right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like this is cool. Yeah, or you know, I, I kind of jokingly call it like the wedding photos. Like this is the picture I want to have. Like when you're married one day, yeah. of you being a little kid, yeah. hauling in a catfish right. with a goofy look on your face, or like, yeah. or what I'll look at as an old man when you're out of the out of the house, and I go, oh right, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, my little dudes and my little girls and stuff. So I always try to like look at it that way, but then you like a weirdo like with a (laughs) camera out. And I do love the memories, you know, the memory part that pops up on iPhone. So I do like that. A lot of things I dislike about the uh, the phone, but I do like when the memories pop up. But it also stalls me out. Whatever I'm doing, because usually I'm picking it up for something, and then I'm like, oh. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. you know, oh, so like, and then I'm like, what was I doing? And then I like screenshot it to send it to my wife or try to figure out how to send it from like that little thing. And then I've, and now I've lost 20 minutes, you know, it's yeah. like, jeez, oh, that's just how it, hey, that's just how it goes. Yeah. It's like the Facebook thing that sends you like three years ago today, you were doing this. Yeah. And like, oh man, that was cool. And yeah. then same thing, screenshot it, send it to your uh-huh. buddy. Uh-huh. And then what I realized is generally I, I'm very habitual. I do the same things. I'm like very mm. seasonal. It's like, ah, three years ago you were outside shooting your bow, walking with a ruck sack. I'm like, well, yeah. no news is good news. Yeah, right? Off I go. Sling the ruck. Here we go. How habitual it seems I am. Yeah. No, I went out uh, last Friday and, uh, 
we're, we're all on the river. My wife, my daughter, our youngest son, and uh, we're out fly fishing, and so everybody got it. And my wife got in a crazy brown trout. Really? Oh my gosh, it was huge. I've never seen one that big really? uh, around here or in the West. Even I don't think she really no knows way. what she what she what she got. But yeah, got to I'll show you the picture later. Catch and release. But, uh, yeah, 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 right here. Um, I think, but uh, and then our daughter got one, our son got one, and it was it was cool. It was being out there on the river. Nobody's sure. on their phones except for me taking pictures of them. <laughs> yeah. um, the guy that's yeah. like exactly rewilding, uh -huh. like, and I'm like, hold on a second, let me get my phone out. Uh, but uh, but it's kind of glad I have those pictures. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's same. We we took the kids catfishing this past week, and it was like 150 pictures later. Nice. Do you go right there on your property on the lake? Uh, yeah, we we fish a good bit on the lake, but then we went to a different lake uh, down south that has stupid amount of fish the santee cooper reservoir so they have almost all the either the state records and many world records of freshwater species are all oh, strangely dang. in the same lakes okay. like lakes it's like the skull island of lakes okay and um so we went down there i think they caught 46 catfish dang and just the boys yeah and uh they, they crushed them wow it was fun they always had a great time so the dads we just held back oh yeah just like, let them do it yeah no i love that the part of my daughter we have some great pictures of my daughter she was man nine eight nine um in colorado actually very close to the location i talk about in this latest book you know only the dead there's a place <laughs> in colorado that was actually supposed to be argentina so when i outlined it uh the place we were just talking about in argentina yeah. at uh around tipaluque uh that's what was i went down there to do research uh, and everything and while i was down there i'm taking notes and in my mind that's where the colorado scenes in only the dead are supposed mm. to take place in argentina and then when I got back and really started getting into the meat of it, it just felt forced. It felt like, oh man, did I, I've been wanting to put Argentina in for a long time. Am I forcing it's this? It's like, why in? would it be in Argentina? Yeah, it somehow. didn't make sense. I mean, in the outline, I had it like making sense-ish. But once you actually move from the outline to the narrative, things start to kind of take on a life of their, their own with backstories. And you start to see things that you didn't see when you were doing the outline. And it just didn't make sense to mm -hmm. go down there and then come back up here. It was just, you know, it didn't really make sense. I'll use it in a future oh, novel for sure. But, uh, but yeah, all the Argentina stuff in the outline is, uh, it changed to Colorado, but that place in Colorado that I described in the novel, that's where my daughter got all those, uh, all those fish. See, that's why then. I love it. I, I, I know you well enough and listen to the books enough that, I, I like kind of like I said earlier. I don't know if if Jack is turning into uh, James or James is turning into Jack. Like those little Easter eggs are so so cool, and they're they're they make it a pseudo fiction, right? It's it that's the coolest part about it that this is your life, your vision, your story, your ideals worked into a fictional story. That there's all these little Easter eggs that might be real they might be kind of real they the names have maybe been changed or yeah. it could be fiction or it could you know and yeah. I, I love it how this it's like a book of gray area <laughs> on the spectrum and, and that's so so cool and probably because I, I would be a horrible writer most likely but how i if i could write that's how i would want to oh, write awesome. because it's like we've seen and enjoyed so many amazing things in our life you want to write about them and, and, but to be able to put them in a palatable way where hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people enjoy that story and yeah. put themselves in that. And you're like, I'm getting to tell the story of my life through this other thing. And so like, that's why I, I so many times I've wanted to stop. I'm like, how did you decide to do this? Why, why was it, you know, and I knew there obviously has to be some reason behind it versus like, it'd be cool if an alien came down. Right. Right. Now, right? Yeah. There's always, 
there's yeah. so much in there. And so that's, I, I, I hope the reader understands that and, and, under, and appreciates the level of detail and realness in your books. And because in my opinion, that's the masterpiece portion. Oh, thank of you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So some of it's, just, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of touch points with real life, um, and mine with the state of the country in yeah. general, the world in general, but, uh, but some things are in there like written like for one person, like a sentence, something about Iraq or Afghanistan or, you know, wherever right. else or Mali or wherever, like this one line, like only one person's going to get it, but it's real. So hopefully the, the feeling, the emotion, the, just the kind of the, the raw primal nature of it, perhaps, uh, even if it's just a sentence will stand out to a reader who doesn't know who's not that one person that I put it in there for. Um, but, uh, but, it, but it makes it personal to me, which means that my heart and soul is going into that sentence, even if only one other person in the world yeah. is going to recognize it. But yeah. hopefully the other people realize that my heart and soul's in it, but they're not going to know exactly uh, what, what that touch point is to my personal background. But one person is. And uh, yeah, so I, love, I love doing to, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and you're getting to publicly say hi yeah. to that person. And yeah. that, that, I think, is the that would be the reason I would want to be an author yeah, or a rock star. I'd love to be able to be on stage and look out into a crowd and make a gesture to one person that only they get yeah. and to uh -huh. give the public like, Hey man, I see you, mm -hmm. you're, you're my guy, you're whatever. And like, that is just that connection point. It's just so, so super cool. And I, and I assume other authors, have done it obviously i, I guess know. maybe i don't know but i guess maybe because i know you and i know our yeah. circle so well i could i could see it yeah and it's just like that to <laughs> me is the most addictive quality of oh, your books. Man, thank it's you. just because it's not just a pure fiction and like us we were talking earlier i think your books and podcasts like like joe's um are really really a needed thing for the world in our country right now because i think they tackle topics and things about our country and what's going on that that can be uh, consumed mm -hmm. <laughs> in a maybe a more open state yeah. because of the the state they're putting in as yeah. fiction. Um, and I don't want to maybe go too down that rabbit hole, but you get what I'm saying. But like a lot of yeah. people I talk to in my world, I found your book as a almost um, a gate not a gateway drug, but a Hey, you might enjoy this book. Mm -hmm. And then the conversations that come back of, Hey, do you really think that so-and-so happens? Do you really think that's a, that technology is a thing mm -hmm. and that opens conversation? Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of like when you and I years ago talked about Yuri Bezmanov, mm. you know, it's been interesting that that's like been put more and more and yeah. in, in, in it's like people, people need to kind of pay attention to those things. Yeah. And watch then, those. And in, and in whatever method that it's consumed, um, that's okay. Um, yep. So no, you're you're doing a a fantastic job, not only as an author, but like a lot of patriots, rational people out here appreciate your voice because oh, it is you. very much needed. I appreciate so that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and when you, <laughs> I love what you told me on the deck when you're like, you know. James Reese, Jack Carr. Uh, but we were talking, we were talking about this sharp turn that as soon as the first time I came up here, I was like, Oh, I like, I like this turn. I like this hairpin right here because you're going to have to slow down if you're coming up and it's easy, yeah. easy to block. And there's a, there's a nice line of sight that, uh, with a 50 would be just ideal. Yeah. So, uh, maybe we should edit that part out. I don't know. Yeah, but, well, uh, there's no, a lot, there's a lot of hairpin turns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, but, but you're, 
but I love that it is it's not lost on you. Your observation picks up on those things and goes, Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that little, that little aspect of that was kind of neat. And, um, yeah, so I, I love, I love it. And, you know, we talked about like my, my driveway was one of the first things it's like, Oh, what's the mill hold at the mm-hmm. end of my driveway? There you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, hopefully that's never something I yeah. have to test. Yeah, exactly. It's but, good to be prepared. Yeah. But when my mindset shifts out of, caring mm-hmm. uh, then i know i probably need to recalibrate yeah no good point that's a very good point and speaking of recalibrating <laughs> all right here we go shoot to eat so i saw you post this the other day and i was like oh man and then i'm like i'm gonna be really hungry uh so what's the deal with shoot to shoot to eat shoot so they got eat. targets here for anybody watching i got a small one and i got a big one yeah so it's something i did a couple years ago just playing around with different training uh when i was shooting archery so some days i'd go out and i'd work on you know a specific technique a drill or something like that and then i started going back to my hammer throw days of competition there's training and there's competition Mm. mindsets in my opinion so there was always um but you had to train to be able to compete that kind of we used to call it the one throw competition so there you go uh one throw copy so our our coach would go middle of comp middle of um practice he would go okay one throw compy and then all of a sudden it's it's go time you have one throw nothing else matters who wins practice okay. right then and so cold I, bore I, shot cold bore like, shot right yeah. and so you immediately learn who's the gamer who could pick up their crap and go right mm. now and i had days where i beat the best guy on our team because i was able to compete and i had days where i choked and that always kind of stuck out and i was like wow when it comes down to it if you have to do a cold bore shot at any mm-hmm. case and then years later, I was training for the Olympic trials, and the year before, I'd missed finals and at nationals. And it was like, well, what would have taken to get to the finals wasn't my personal record. It was just you have to be able to do a certain percentage mm. of your lifetime best at any time. You have okay. to have that throw in your pocket, as we would call it. Okay. So I started training. I would go at set an alarm, and I would go to the track at random times. I go, oh, okay, alarm went off. I have sixty minutes to get to the track, warm up, and produce a throw of this distance. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a physical, physical training aspect. It was a mental, emotional, can you pull your crap together at any time and go get the job done? Yeah. So I started waking up one day and I, I walked outside and I was just still groggy. I took a drink of water and I was like, man, instead of doing like the whole, I shoot a couple at 20 or 40 and work my way up and get technique and drills. So I was like, no, I'm going to long bomb one. And if I make, if I hit a kill zone, I get to eat today. And if I don't screw you, pays to be a winner you suck let it hurt and and i was like you know what i'm going to put on instagram so now there's a social pressure of failing in Uh, front of people okay so it's like how do i induce as much stress as possible physical stress mental stress emotional Mm. stress and a few and so i whatever i think it was like 55 yards whatever i hit okay great but i think it like and so the next day I went to 56 and okay. did it again. So if you succeed, every day gets a little bit more difficult. Okay. And I think at like 58 or 60 or something like that, one day I missed. I was just okay. a little out. And I remember as I was breaking the shot, the pen was floating and it floated a little wide. And I remember I could probably sneak it in. Just that split second oh. of focus. And I just, yeah. yeah, and it didn't. And I was so pissed off. What release are you using? Uh, I'm using, I'm still a trigger guy. I went to the back tension. I went to, and I just, I, I'm unable to do it with consistency. Okay. And so I went back to the trigger release, the, uh, um, the spot hog, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Little purple guy. Well, Cam Haynes, purple one. Um, 
I love it. But anyway, so I, I missed my shot, and I remember, I'm, you know, there's embarrassment. You missed. There's you kind of pissed off because you don't get coffee, you don't get food. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to take a shower and go to work. Like, <laughs> this is all day, or this is just breakfast? I, I usually I'll go to breakfast or whatever your next meal would be. What about second breakfast? <laughs> and elevensies. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so make sure I'm clear on the rules. Yeah. So I'm a big breakfast guy. Some people are like, well, I don't eat breakfast anyway. Okay. Well, then pass up lunch. You know, make it hurt. Make it. And again, it's not going to kill you. It's just something, right? So what I noticed was my focus, I lost focus for a split second, just a split second. And I thought of, and I go, gosh, out of a 24 hour day, yeah. you couldn't hold your crap together for an extra second and a half. Mm. And it was like, you couldn't stay focused. You, you let your mind wander. You had one job today yeah, one to job. get up and do yeah. one shot that was doable. Uh-huh. You just stopped focusing. You didn't care enough. Yeah. And so I beat myself up, of course, about it. And then so that evening when I came back and trained, it was like hyper-focused, yeah. hyper-dialed. And then the next morning I woke up, it was like the Terminator. Like I was like, I woke yeah. up and all I could think about was like kill, okay. kill, kill. I went out and it was just... Ultimate confidence, ultimate focus. Same shot, 50 whatever yards. Yeah, I had, I had to re hit the shot because it was the mm-hmm. same. And then you move on, you move up. And so I just mm-hmm. nutted it, you know, first shot. And then it was like, <sighs> but that's what I needed. I needed mm-hmm. to taste a little of my own blood. I needed to have okay. something on the line. I need to have. So I played with it for a couple of years. And then so this year I was like, hey, let's do like a challenge. Let's do a two week challenge, 15 days, August 1st to August 15th. You know, pick a target. You know, we have those targets. Those that's a the big one is a ten inch kill zone, which is okay. roughly for a deer, elk, mule deer, stuff like that. Um, if you hit, you eat. If you if you hit the uh, yellow, you don't. And then, so most people don't have what we would consider full distance, 60, 70, 80 yards, or whatever. So then we made a half distance target, which is a, a five. So if, let's say, so now your thirty yard is a is a applicable distance okay. for mathematics. So where are you starting? Uh, so you start, we, start August 1st, you're supposed to start? August 1st, yeah. And, and you're supposed to start at what yard line? You start at whatever is a difficult shot oh, okay. for you. So if some people are just new to it, maybe 20 yards. Yeah. But for me, like I'm going to start at 60 because Whoa. I know if I'm on and I focus, 60 isn't a problem. If I don't, I miss. Okay. And you so have 15 days, so you're going to 75. Yeah. So then there's a, probability I'm going to start missing shots, but then that is a, that's going to be leading into my Deseret mule deer hunt. So it's competition mode, wake up competition mode, nice. wake up one shot, cold bore, all that matters. And then, so if my bow is not shooting well, then I have the rest of the day to get my crap together. I'm yeah. going to dial, I'm going to do whatever. And I know tomorrow is 68 yards. Like I could be training at 68 the night before nice. because you know, what's coming. Like, yeah. you know, the test is coming. And so study for the test, but also it keeps me honest to go, ah, I didn't shoot today. Yeah. Well, maybe I shot my one shot, but there's a high probability I'm going to miss and I'm going to embarrass myself and all the things. Right. Yeah. And so for me, it's like a last, like kind of like football camp, like, okay. You're going to post, you're going to post it every day, post it every day. So uh-huh. that's kind of what people on your personal or on the, on my personal, okay. but then, uh, Sornex outdoors when people, if they do it, they tag it post their stuff so we tied in with a company called clean eats and they're giving away 30 meals um mail-in meals that are like all healthy breakfast meals so they'll pick a winner out of of someone whether it's the most shots hit or just something cool nice but so there's a little bit of you know again pays to be a winner but the idea is just like get everybody up for for 15 days you can do as long as you want but the whole thing is like don't miss days Mm. make it count every day Mm. if you're if you're good great tomorrow's gonna be harder you know, every day, the only easy day was yesterday kind of mindset. And um, 
so anyway, we did it a couple of years ago. I did it, and then other people just started kind of doing it. And I said, well, let's make it official this year. Make it fun. You have a sticker or something like that yeah. where people know what it is. Yeah, and, it's cool. And, and, you know, and I even thought about for rifle, if a rifle hunter, if you have a, a range that you could shoot or yeah. even a 22. Go the cold bore. Cold, cold bore 22 shot on that five-inch sure. circle, you know, 150 yards, 200 yards. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a hard shot. Mm-hmm. Like, and so the idea of it is just do something hard. Make it count have it where there's a stressor in there. If you, if you fail, it hurts. If you succeed, it doesn't. That's awesome, man. And so yeah, shoot deep. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. What was that company that did the, the breakfast thing that's going to send the meal? Yeah. Clean eats. Clean eats. Okay. Yeah, clean eats. So yeah. So you out. got a sticker, whether you want to throw one in your yard and, and I know it's Perfect. hard, it's hard to go out and shoot a whole bunch. But it shouldn't I, be around here. Um, yeah, because you've got a 22 targets within. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But if you pick one or whatever, yeah, yeah. you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to take my cold bore shot. That's what it is today. And what I found was it goes from, hey, I'm shooting pretty good. I don't necessarily need to shoot today to, oh, crap, I better because I'm being yeah. tested tomorrow. There is a test every day. Yeah. And really, it's a five minute thing. You walk outside, you take a drink of water, you take your shot. Yeah. Everyone has time for that. I mean, from that office right there. Yeah. What do I have? One, two, three, four, five. And then six, seven, eight ones I can move. So I probably have eight from that balcony even yeah. that I can go out and, and You have a pretty shoot. good little so overwatch. I got to send the, send the kids out to get the arrows though. Cause I got to get to work, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll send one and then I'll be like, dang it. Or awesome. And then back yeah. inside, back just, to work. You'll just have 15 arrows and, up uh, top. Yeah. Well, that's, I have Caleb make me hundred arrows for every bow. Oh, Caleb Brewer at uh, stick snapper archery. Nice. Uh, he's like, how many arrows do you want? A hundred for every one of these. Yeah. Cause ammo is great to have. Yeah. Why not? You know. Yeah, what bow are you shooting right now? Uh, well, I'm shooting uh, the Hoyt, the new Hoyt, the, uh, this one right here. Where is it? This one? Yeah. This is the one. Oh, nice. Got your this origin camo. Yeah, that's it right here. Nice. So luckily I got a, a few different ones, but, uh, that's killer. but yeah, this is the, the latest. So I've been shooting this guy, but yeah, man, I lo- I've, I guess I've never been without a bow since I was five. Right. So I always had a, a bow. Um, there's one over there in the corner I'll show you. That's my present to myself from graduating buds. I went up to performance archery, had Bob Frome build me up a bow. It's a bear over there. And so that was my, that was my gift to myself. It was time for, time for a new one. I had the other be, one. Yeah, for a, I saw that one up there. You yeah. had that one for a minute. That one, yeah, that was a, uh, a gift from uh, Isaac Allman up there. So it's a Rambo bow from the 80s. Oh, that, yeah. Is that like glitter, like the the... The Rambo style bow. It's the one I think they marketed after. So it's oh, not yeah. like the one that he puts together and used mm-hmm. in the thing. It was just there. I think one of the things that they did as far as marketing around yeah. the film back in 1985. So uh, a junior one for my oh, little guy. Oh, and then oh, yeah. the one on the wall, I have a, a compound and a uh, recurve. They were both part of like the whatever Rambo marketing that, that Hoyt That's did back awesome. in the day. Yeah. In the beginning of Rambo First Blood Part Two, um, the novelization, which for those listening is a uh, book written off screenplays so not an adaptation of a novel okay but written a book written off the screenplay so david morrell who created rambo yeah. wrote that um wrote did the novelization for rambo first blood part two and for rambo three and at the beginning it talks it talks about hoyt and uh and jimmy lyle uh, knives and yeah, so it's the address on there and everything it's no so way. great it's so fantastic it's so great 80s it's part of my time machine takes yeah. me right back and back then i don't know why well, because I didn't have enough money. There's no way I'm getting a Jimmy Lyle knife back sure. in 1985. But looking back, I'm like, oh, why couldn't I have somehow figured that out? Like, that would have been awesome. I met Jimmy Lyle in 1985. No way. As a nine-year-old at Blade Show. What? Yeah. When, when my dad, well, he's been in knives forever. So in Knoxville, Tennessee, he went, Man, he took us to Blade Show. That is uh, awesome. And I, I got a, uh, you know, I don't even know where it is, but I got a, autograph from jimmy lyle that is amazing yeah and, and i was a little kid i was like oh this is cool yeah and you know you could have 
totally bought a Lyle knife back then. <gasps> and I look back and I remember Pops. I was like, hey, this is super cool. And I remember Pops is like, so like, he was just like, yeah, but it's, it's an interesting design, but it's like not super functional. Like the blade's <gasps> too thick. This I'm like, dude. That's not why you get it. No, <laughs> no, you should have bought it. And yeah. Then done with it. Yeah. He actually bought a, he, had, he got bought a Loveless years and years and years ago. Loveless. I don't know that. Loveless one. is a, um, it's a very, very, I mean, they go for like 30, 40 grand now. Wow. Like, and there was like the whole style of, of custom knives and, and he, yeah. he waited like two years to get it and he, and he got it and, and Loveless has kind of a small hand. My dad has really big hands. So the handle didn't fit. So he ended up giving it to his, he was paid like three or four or 500 bucks back then. It's a lot back then. Yeah. But a lot back then. That was he, a lot of thought today, but yeah, he gave it to his foreman. Um, and then like later found out like, you know, now it's like, if you have a Loveless, it's like. 20, oh, 30 man. grand. I was like, he was like, yeah, oh, but the handle's too small. Dude. I was like, yeah, but come on, man. Uh, uh, I mean, back then, 300 bucks might as well have been 3 million. Was it might as well have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw that, like U.S. Cavalry Magazine and oh, those yeah. ones. Uh, I remember seeing the, 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 uh, the SOG, they did two yeah. versions. They had like a Vietnam, like SF version. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, they had uh, Naval Special Warfare, a SEAL version, like the oh, same cool. knife, but yep. it was like, had some blue in the, the handle was not, wasn't wood. It was only different. But it was like three fifty, I want to say. Right, and might I was as like, well oh, been a million. Yeah, back then. But now looking back, I'm like, oh man, I yeah, wish somehow. How could I have like yeah. figured that out somehow? I mean, I was a ten or something, you know. But still, <sighs> that's wild. Yeah. yeah. So I met Lyle and a couple of those other guys back then. I went down to Randall, probably at ten years old as in well. Florida? Were they always in, in Florida? Florida? Yeah, down in Orlando. Um, Bo was not alive, the, the old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I met his son which was super cool. Um, I'm trying to think what I've, uh, it, I'm, you've met Stallone, right? I uh, assume. We did a little um, uh, video teleconference, Zoom cool. call Very together cool. recently. Yeah, uh, I got to meet awesome. him at Gunner's uh, gym. Um, no, when I, I was in LA? There. Yeah, in LA. He's his client and uh, I was down there doing Jocko's gym and I was staying at Gunner's and he's like, hey, Sly's coming in tomorrow. Um, Dude. He's like, you know, we had met one time randomly before but uh, he's like, he's coming in, and, and I actually, he sat down and did a video podcast for 45 minutes with me. Really? Yes. How did I miss this? I've never fo- I've never posted it. Oh, well, that's probably why. I've never done anything. So we're making a, a little little mini movie called Strong Roots. No Where way. I tie in, we're strength and conditioning specialists to celebrities, all people, and we talk about how the strength game has tied them all together. No and how, kidding. Regardless of where we are in life, like strength is is one of the things that has tied us together. How cool is that? Yeah, to, it's meet, cool. to meet him. Yeah, it was wild. So and he and I got talking and, and I, I couldn't believe it. He sat and he was like, hey, you want to, you know, I asked Gunner and Gunner kind of floated it by him a couple of times. I was like, this ain't happening. Like, yeah, whatever. Finally, he's like, hey, you want to sit down and talk? I'm like, oh, yeah. And Dude. videos the whole, I mean, I, we had it set up. So like if he just decides, right. like it's a done deal. Right, we're ready. And we sat for like 40 something minutes. That's awesome. We talked about the origin of all the Rambos, oh, all the Rockies. And it was just like, as a little kid, like this you and I. This is fantastic. It was like, I'm getting to hear the origin story oh, of why you did certain gosh. things. And what I was thinking with your books, they're always so socially, politically, newsworthy, relevant to whatever's happening. You might see that I collaborate with Ironclad on a lot of different projects. In fact, I have worked with them on my book trailers, this podcast, as well as a few other exciting endeavors that are currently in development. Ironclad teams up with some of the biggest brands in the world to create dynamic films, series, podcasts, and ad campaigns. 
If you are a brand or individual looking to elevate your content or start a podcast, don't hesitate to reach out through their website. This is ironclad.com and make sure you follow them on all major platforms at this is ironclad. I didn't realize that's how Rambo's were. And that's what he was even saying. Maybe you've heard this before. He's like, if you notice Rambo was always one step in old world mm -hmm. and one step in whatever was happening. And so it was, you know, it was the Viet post Vietnam. So he was in that, you know, during first blood. And then the next one there was, you know, going back and then there was Afghanistan and then, the, you know, it goes all the way to human trafficking. And mm -hmm. so if you, he's like, if you look at it, everything is always kind of what is happening in the news now mm -hmm. that Rambo has one world, one foot in each world. And he's yeah. kind of trying to navigate himself. So he gave me like the whole background oh, behind. And it, it, I was just thinking, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, you oh, love this conversation. I would love to have been there. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and so we were, got, we were talking, it was kind of, kind of wild. So, um, I asked him, I said, what were your roots of your, you know, strength conditioning? And he said that he had, he had watched the movie, um, Hercules Unchained. Yeah. And he was nine or 10 years old. Uh -huh. He went to a matinee during the middle of the day. I think it's by himself, whatever it was and what, how the story goes anyway. And he said, he was when, when, uh, uh, who was it that played in that movie? I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, but he, yeah. he basically Charles Atlas kind of, uh, I can't remember the name, but anyway, when he holds up the pillars, he said, he goes, he goes, it was everything I wanted to be. Wow. It was masculine. It was confident. It was capable. It mm. was saving the day. It was strong. It was all the things. And he goes, I think it was Steve Reeves. And yeah, yeah. Steve Reeves. And he said, uh, he goes, it looked like he was up there for four minutes Man. in that pose. And he goes, I looked later and he goes, it was about a second and a half. He goes, but in my mind, uh -huh. it was burned in. Could have held it forever. He goes, this is what I wanted to be as a, as a man. This is what I saw as a man. He said, I left uh, and I was walking home and I walked past a junkyard and I started picking up chains and axles in the yard. And that was the first time I lifted weights. And then I decided I wanted to be strong. And I was just like, it's awesome. Holy crap. And, and it was, so we had this interesting moment. I said, well, I'm going to kind of tell you something. I said, uh, so when I was 10 years old, 1985, my dad took me to first blood. I was nine, actually first blood part two. I, and I said, you walking out with all the scars on your back and all the whole like super jacked. I was like, that That's was awesome. my Charles Atlas. Yeah. And I go, and I left that actual movie, went to Jeffrey Archery and my first bow. Nice. That day. That's cool. And he was just, he looked at me like, you've got to be crazy. He literally teared up. Yeah. And I said, and the crazy part is, I have a bow in my car downstairs right now. Because I had my bow that was going to Jocko's. No way. And he was like, you're still shooting and lifting. And I was like, that was my Charles Atlas moment. Amazing. And it was so, to be able to like tell one of oh, your yeah. muses, like, uh -huh. this is Hey, thanks. Oh yeah. You know, so Dude. it was a, it was a wild, like it, it, it was strange. It actually took him back a little bit too. Yeah. Cause he was kind of like, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and I don't know, maybe I wasn't the normal guy like, Oh, you're so great. You're so great. Like all the time, normal stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we were having just a really good conversation yeah. about strength and conditioning and yeah. the physical journey and the, and the, the strenuous life mm -hmm. and to hear his roots of, how how his world shook out from strength training so it was like one of those like you don't get those opportunities a whole heck of a lot no 
Dude, that's I love that story. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll post yeah, it some. Well, well, uh, hopefully, if we ever get the movie done, yeah, I'll well, uh, you might come out and visit you. We'll uh, yeah. listen to it or something like well, that. Well, I'd love to have you on it. And uh, I'll be amazing. I still have some people. I'm I'm trying to, to start doing some pull ups. And so I I almost got Dolph Lundgren the same day. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to get down to Jocko's. Um, but Dolph was training this, and I was like, "Dude, if I could get Rocky and Ivan, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> it'd be wild." Yeah, amazing. <laughs> the little kid in my in me was oh, losing my mind. Man, yeah, I don't get starstruck, you know, often, but uh, you know, that's Rocky and Rambo. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's Rocky and Rambo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's that's the, like the foundation of my childhood. <laughs> sure. And I know we were talking about John Milius at one point. Yeah, John and Milius. I, and uh, mm-hmm. I actually shot him an email one day um, about a year ago. Really? I sent it through his daughter Amanda. Yeah. And uh, just like, hey man, like, do you know Amanda or did you? Uh, I we went back and forth on DMs. Nice. And she gave me. Do you know her? Uh, no, just through same thing, just yeah. through social. And uh, we went through back and forth, and I kind of said, hey, you know, your dad's awesome, and I said I'd love to send him an email. And so she gave me her email, and I, I oh, assume so awesome. maybe she sent it to him. Yeah, at some I'm point. sure. I never heard back or whatever, which was fine. Um, but you know, I mean, tell the guy like, legend. Hey, man, like, I'll show you something inside. I'll show you oh, after this. I'll show it. you a little. Uh, um, people, a lot of people don't know that he wrote a book. And I have it inside. No way. I have the old one. Yeah, I think from the 70s, I want to say. Late 70s, no maybe. I might be off on that a little bit. But anyway, around that time frame. Yeah. I'll show you inside. So you figure, like, when our lives. Fiction. Fiction. Like, Stallone, I, I would say Schwarzenegger, oh, certainly yeah. to an extent. And Milius. Oh, yeah. Genius, Milius. I mean, those man. are those are some of, and those who don't know who John Milius is, go go check it. And check people out. don't know how his impact on, I mean, well, film in general, but uh, Apocalypse Now, people don't know that he was in. Uh, he created the term there, and uh, that he's that obviously Red Dawn, and just but everything that he's that he did. I wish he did more. Did you know that he? You know, when you say he was going to, or almost, or I heard that. Um, you know, who knows really, right? Yeah. But I think he was at one point either let's say semi not attached because that sounds too official even. <laughs> but there was talk of him uh, directing. Are writing and directing, I think, or at least writing uh, the screenplay adaptation of Without Remorse. No way. Back when Without Remorse came out. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. So so period specific, like like period appropriate. Uh, instead of you know they, they modernized it for the adaptation they did a couple wow. of years ago. But uh, that, how cool would that have been? Oh yeah. I mean, just just the body of work is. I know we probably talked about it last time, but you start looking at like. Dirty hair. I mean, coming up with the. I mean, if the same guy who made up "Go Ahead, Make My Day," oh wow, you know that was his line. And I mean, for all all the dirty hairy stuff, uh, created the term "apocalypse now" mm. and and all that. Uh, wrote the USS Indianapolis scene from Jaws, mm. Red Dawn, uh, Uncommon Valor. You know, Big Wednesday, which is a funny, funny story about Big Wednesday. Have you heard that? I, you know, I feel like I have, but what is what is it? Yes, I think it was he and George Because he was a surfer down there. They're living in that area. Surfer, yeah. sure. So he and George Lucas were buddies. So uh, him, I think it was, it was Lucas and uh, I can't remember who else, the third. But they were like the three amigos. And... And so he was making Big Wednesday. Lucas was making Star Jan Wars. Jan Michael Vincent, for anybody listening, <laughs> of Airwolf fame. Yeah. For so he was making Star, World, Star Wars. They traded stock. Really? Yeah. So they were, they were both making their movies. Lucas was in love with Big Wednesday. He's like, dude, this movie is going to be so big. 
And he's like, it's going to be way bigger than Star Wars. Oh, wow. And so they traded stock options in it. So they gave each other like a little bit. Really? Just like kind of the funny gentleman's bet. Uh-huh. And it's like, I laugh. It's oh, like, you cool. know, the best bet of all time. The yeah, guy seriously. Part of Star Wars. That's not for, bad. For Big Wednesday. That's not bad. Yeah, so now if you ever get a chance, I don't know if you should probably watch it, uh, the movie Milius. No, I haven't watched oh, it yet. It's amazing. Because it, it came out. When did it come out? Because I think I was like just getting into all 13, the. Oh, 13. It came out that long like ago. That. But I it, can't it, believe it I haven't watched like that. The whole, Thank like, you for reminding me. Things yeah, get, it's worth, It's like an hour or something, but it gives like the whole background with, you know, you got, you got Oliver Stone, you got. Yeah. Talking about his influence. Yeah. And basically he got blacklisted from Hollywood. They said after Red Dawn, he was too right at guns and whatever and so he got blacklisted so all those guys would pay him to write their dialogues he's like if we had to make a guy sound like a guy <laughs> we would call him <laughs> we don't know how to do that seriously they were oh saying they're gosh, like no hilarious. one wrote a story like john did they go yeah. so he was like our guilty pleasure behind scenes guy they're like hey i gotta does this sound like how dudes would talk and he's like no they would do this 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 and they go okay and so they would put it in their movies wow. and a lot of times it wouldn't give him credit yeah, I, really, I know that. that. Yeah, and so Jeez. you're like, holy cow! Like you're the he's the cool masculine part of Hollywood, man. Like kind of the la- the one of the last uh, you know the Lone Rangers of that. That they were like, oh, we all like utilized him, man. I met him at um, Safari Club or Dallas Safari Club. Or Safari oh, did Club you? National, one of those two. Anyway, so I got to meet him a few years ago. We have a mutual uh, friend. Can, he can't talk. So yet. he can't talk anymore. I think there's some issue. Yeah, back then it was starting, and yeah, he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. They were saying, mm-hmm. um, and then I mean, what a what a, a heartbreaker when you have a guy that's such a good storyteller man. can't tell a story. Man, it's just it. I mean, we we need more of his work. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I know. Oh, man, I gotta go through. I gotta watch that movie. I've been meaning to watch it. It's for, wonderful. Oh my gosh. Um, but uh, but yeah, I got to meet him, which was huge for me. Yeah. Be able to meet him. I was still in the SEAL teams at the time. Oh cool. And uh, so I got to meet him, and that person that introduced us had a connection to the SEAL teams, and mm-hmm. and so there was that that, that connection was Dallas there. Dallas Safari so, Club. Dallas Safari Club or Safari Club International. I don't know yeah. if I've conflated the two because um, sometimes they look similar. You know, right. um, different locations, but. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it was great to, to meet him. Actually, the guy that introduced us um, uh, actually passed through here the other day, and I'll show you oh, something cool. else after this uh, that kind of relates to what we're oh, talking about cool. that I think you'll like. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, um, yeah, Millie is amazing. Gosh. So Stallone, so I, so I don't get starstruck often. You know, right. I'm very respectful to everybody and of course. You know, thoughtful and all that stuff. But um, uh, uh, Stallone's camp reached out and wanted to talk to me. And I'm like, whoa. So I'm like, oh man, like I'm so excited. Like, so I'm like, cool. what? Are you kidding me? Um, and so we set up a, a call right at that table right there and my oh. computer set up and I'm like, oh man, I try not to totally, you know, nerd out yeah. or geek out or like, you know, I wanted to, t- I, w- I did want to let him know what an impact he had on me yeah. as a, as a kid. And so I did want to do that, but I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't creepy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. And I hope I didn't do it creepy. I'm most likely. No, did. no, it's sincere. You know, it's, you know, the way you described it sincere, I'm, I was sincere, I know. And, uh, but I also had my phone on the side. So I'm like, you know, we're having this call you, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I gotta <laughs> capture this. I'm like trying to, you know, as, as we're talking and we're going through the, the, yeah. you know, what we're talking about. Um, I'm taking, I'm, some, I'm taking pictures like on the side, like I'm like, can you see, can, hope you can't see this. Like I'm trying to, you know, and I want to take a bunch cause I want to make sure that, you know, he's not in the middle of a sentence yeah, or like, like, sure. so I wanted one of them to be cool. So I was like, you know, taking a ton of, of photos. Um, please tell me he's going to do a cameo sometime. He was so awesome. I'll tell you, he was, uh, humble. Yes. He was wise. He was kind. He was funny. Yes. Um, amazing. Like he exceeded 
all expectations of what you your childhood what you want your childhood hero yes. to be like he exceeded all those expectations yes. uh and it was really really cool so, so. many so so often they don't mm. but stallone is one of those that is way better in person yeah. than even like brilliant oh just, just so smart he's an incredible screenwriter super incredible high storyteller. IQ, super high eq um i mean first time we met we were in there and we're talking about something and he goes into old style uh, bare knuckle boxing from the early 1800s and historically new locations um fighters all like mm. and then he w- went into 1970s arm wrestling champions oh, and wow. knew everybody and, and it was just like over the top yeah, yeah. i did over the top of my yeah. little guy we do that when we arm wrestle over the top <laughs> yeah. you can't go over the top i'm going over the top <laughs> exactly <laughs> so my but you can tell like oh he's a historian yeah, that happens so to much like yourself historian that reads up on what he likes and then he makes movies and books about it amazing you know and you go oh wow like that was just really really interesting and i guess because i'm a bit of a historian myself with that like we had a connection yeah and so we were talking about like you know cleve dean the pig farmer from wherever who was a 400 pound you know arm wrestling world champion and just random stuff like that and just had a ball but man what an interesting guy oh yeah no he was awesome he was awesome so i did i think i can say this so i wrote a uh not a script, but a treatment for something specifically for him. So I had an idea before that call. I didn't know where it was going to work into all the things that I have going on, all the different projects I have going on. Um, but we talked a little bit uh, in that call. And then afterward, I, I uh, took this thing at this idea and built it out into a treatment specific to him. And uh, so he has it. And, you know, well, well, I think he has it. But anyway, so anyway, I sent it to my, I sent it to my agent, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, probably never happened. There's, you know, how many thousands of op- options that he has. But, uh, this one's pretty cool. This one's pretty cool. So, you know, if we could ever do something like that, that would be amazing. You know, if not, it was awesome just to be able to jump on an hour long zoom and, and, uh, hear him talk. Uh, And I just listened, I was just a sponge, you know, and talking to you on the little business side of, uh, of, uh, Hollywood and the entertainment industry and and all that. So he's passing on some knowledge and some (laughs) wisdom and I'm just soaking it all in. And it was just, it was really special for me to, uh, spend some time with him, just even if it was zoom, you know? Yeah, right. oh, that's amazing. It'd be rad if we got to do it though. It's a yeah, it's a it's a movie treatment, so not a series. Um, so yeah, movies treatment. You know, hour and a half, two hour, and uh, yeah, it's pretty legit. I'll tell you about it after. Yeah, oh, that would that would be the uh, amazing <laughs> coming around. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's it's just that stuff, man. <laughs> Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah. Oh man. Too cool. Too mm-hmm. cool. Um, I also wanted to ask you about total art, not total archer challenge, but we did, we did total archer challenge a couple of years ago. Yeah, we sure um, did. and we'll do that again and bring the kids out there in yep. the future at some point. Um, shoot the course here, but, uh, <laughs> SIG Hunter <laughs> oh, games. You oh, did that. Yeah, sure did. You did too. I we, did it on the year that didn't have snow. The snow year was interesting. Yeah. So I did the first year, the hot year and it was awesome. Yeah, amazing out here, just down the road in Wyoming. Right. So it was a, just a drive. Yeah, what ranch for me. is that? I don't remember the name of it, but I think you can. I think you, they have a hunting operation. Yeah, there, you right? can get hunts there. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know was, the I was name thinking of it about right trying now. to book there. Sometime. Yeah, beautiful spot. Yeah, and easy, easy. Just down the road, take a right, head right. off, and it's beautiful spot. But uh, yeah, the year I did it was the first year they did it, yep. and it was really cool. Um, and we ended up getting second. 
which was awesome. Nice. Who was uh, on your team? Uh, so I had uh, Bullet Valentina yep. was uh, was my team. Uh, so it was just uh, the two of us, a guide, and then you have a, like a range safety uh, okay. person who's taking the uh, your scores and, and sure. all, all that stuff. Uh, and that was Kevin Holland, who is a legend in Kevin special operations. Awesome. Um, he he spoke at Summerstrong this past Oh, did he? Yeah. What a cool guy. Wildly cool guy. I mean, so laid back and just... <laughs> Awesome. I mean, yeah, we got to spend some time together recently with Winkler and then mm-hmm. went up to uh, Kevin's house and just spent some time with him and his family. And just, uh, I can't say enough great things about Agreed. Kevin Holland. Yeah. I need to, he, he and I text each other all the time, like trying to get together for a hunt or something. Mm-hmm. And, just hasn't happened yet. Such a solid day. Same thing. I was supposed to meet him last, like two years in a row with uh, Kyle Lamb up in uh, Montana. And I just had too much going on. It's always like right when I'm doing, like in the meat of the novel. Just and I just too can't. too many books, man. Oh, man. I just got to get on a better schedule, I think, that opens up the fall uh, right. a little more. Um, that's really the heavy time to, to write. Yeah. With this why, why current is that? schedule. Because of what deadlines to turn it in to get it ready for publication for a publication date in the spring. Just is that it, kind of what they do, spring publications? For mine, yeah. yeah. Why is that? Uh, well, when I started out, they just looked at what books were coming out when, and I'm brand new, and no one knows me. And, well, okay, looks like uh, for the first one was March. So they're like, well, it looks like March. So, okay. So we put yeah. it March. Next one was April. So they just look at what books are coming out yeah. and uh, and try to, if they have an author who's in the same genre, they don't want to put you guys coming out in the same same month, same week. So they want to space you out. Um, and you, sometimes you know who has books coming out. Sometimes you don't like Stephen King will just drop a book sometimes and you're like, well, I can't do anything about that. Um, <laughs> I can't avoid that one. Um, right, that's a, that's but, a big one. Uh, let's say, you know, that Michael Connolly is going to have something coming out in the fall. Lee child is going to have something coming out in the fall. John Grisham is going to have something coming out in the fall. Daniel Silva is going to have something coming out in the summer. Um, so you people kind of those names, you know, James Patterson has something coming out every month. So you can't really uh, <laughs> do anything about that either. But, uh, but some of those established authors have like kind of, they have their time when they usually come out. And sometimes Michael Connolly will drop another one in the spring. Wow. Like he'll, yeah, it, yeah, he's amazing. That's and I got to meet him, which was such an honor for me just a few months ago. And what a kind guy, amazing. If people haven't watched Bosch Legacy or read the books, Michael Connolly is just incredible and a, such a solid person, such, mm. such a good guy. So it was really cool to be able to meet him. So, uh, so for me, I like my spring time uh, for publication. Other than the fact that I'm really in the meat of it during the fall. During the fall, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I would, I would wonder, does that mean, I mean, potentially people in spring, they're about to go on to summer, they're sitting on a beach, or they're yep. doing vacation-y, reading books. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, like spring break-ish, or yeah. start of summer yeah. type thing for, for mine. And a lot um, of your listener or readers are probably hunting during the fall. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, I get so many pictures from from tree stands, uh, people up there <laughs> reading the books, which I love, or they're listening to it as they oh, drive yeah. to and from uh, you know the, their hunting location, or if they're on a road trip to get somewhere, they're listening to it with their hunting buddies, and you know that's such an honor for me, and I just, uh, I, I love getting those pictures, and people tag me, and I, I just, it's really, really yeah. cool, really special. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how, that's that's kind of how it, how it works as far as publication dates. And I do like my spring publication date. Now it's May. So I went March, April, and now it's in May. So I kind of, I think it's a good time for my books to come out. It feels right yep. to me, but, uh, but who knows, maybe it'll move to summer at some point or something will, will shift. Cause there are a lot of other projects in the works right now that, uh, haven't been announced yet, but, um, you know, We'll see how they all yeah. they all go. Well, then you have to just hunt Africa more. So it's yeah, the <laughs> can, winter of the May. Yeah, hunt. yeah, you can do that, or you go down to Argentina, which I did, uh, and yeah. or you go down to uh, you know somewhere else 
that uh, oh, oh, dang. maybe someplace you're hunting because it's exotics, you know, even here. Yeah. Uh, got to Lanai. You know, yeah. got to Lanai. I haven't done Lanai yet. That sounds fun. Well, that's, uh, yeah. So me and uh, a few other guys have a have a hunting operation out there called Pineapple Brothers. Oh, is and, that yours? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, killer. And John Dubin. And, uh, I've it, heard and, about it. Yeah. I just didn't. It's awesome. a it's a good spot. It's definitely. I don't know if it's good to introduce kids to hunting through Lanai because there are very few places to stay. Meaning you're staying at the Four Seasons. Uh, <laughs> so for our little for our little one, the guy who yeah. inside uh, for him to hunt out there, it's not bad. But it's also very unique, and I don't know if I want him to get used to. Oh, go out and hunt in the morning. Look at all these axis deer everywhere. Awesome. Get a great axis. Come back. You're having breakfast the four seasons lying by the pool like <laughs> i don't know if the how yeah how wise that is to make the right. kids think that that's hunting you know it's well, great a, it's yeah, awesome yeah but for and it's great for kids also because it's a good introduction sure. if they're kind of nervous about it or if you, if you don't want them to be just freezing in a tree stand and then come out and hating it because of that and some guys people come out and love it I love being up there. It was all, but some may not. Anyway, right. I don't know. Every family's different. Every situation's cool. different. And uh, next time I go spot. to go to Hawaii, I'd like to. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up and try to figure yeah, out yeah. What, what's the move. Totally to, to do it all. Absolutely, it's a good, yeah. it's a good family vacation if you have family members who don't hunt, because you can go together. They can together four seasons. Exactly, <laughs> you're still together, uh, and they have uh, they have ropes courses, and they have, yeah. and they have a really cool archery setup and no shotgun. Way. Yeah, you got the, the, the sporting clays. It's a uh, it's up the road, but it's part of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the sporting clays on Lanai is beautiful. Really? Absolutely beautiful because you're taking these shots and there's the ocean. So you have the beautiful Pacific Ocean is right Jeez. there. And it's like there's three different temperate zones. And one of them up there is kind of the jungly mountainous one. Mm -hmm. And so it's just these like cliffs dropping down into these valleys but right here's the ocean because you're so close and so it seems like you're shooting out over the ocean you're not you're shooting out over the range which you know sporting clays is pretty close right. but uh but it's beautiful it's wow. beautiful and you go to each station and it's just a really cool experience wow. so but but it's great so even if you have someone in the family yeah. doesn't like that guess what uh you and the boy or daughter or whatever you're going up there and you're doing that coming back and having lunch together then you're going to the pool or whatever you're you know whatever you want to do that day go down to the beach but there's options so it's That's not like cool. the fan like the family that does part of the family that's not hunting right isn't stuck like in oh, this lodge the where they're just like oh here's a tv in the corner and there's yeah. football uh, like, hbo like, yeah yeah exactly so it's not oh, that's cool yeah we gig. were we were in uh kona this year with danny bolton and neil nice. kamimura and um we went down and stayed we were staying up in the mountains uh oh, and man. so we were hunting and goofing around their farm nice and um but then we would we we took the girls a couple of days down to four seasons down there and that okay. was okay that's, that's pretty pretty nice little jaunt there. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to that. But <laughs> <laughs> not that's too shabby. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like the kids have the full, ex you know, sure. To, to, to that we used to have a, a um, lease in Texas in uh, Red River County, so it's right there on the Oklahoma border. So there's no fences up there in that part of Texas, uh, and yeah, right there on the Oklahoma border, right there on the Red River, and that's kind of more more like what we're talking about, you know, right. like have a little, little old school yeah. and it's, and that's awesome. My daughter got to do that every, every oh, year, cool. uh, growing up. And so that was really special. Our son did it, did it once and then things got crazy and we moved and, and all that. But it's, uh, 
Yeah, that's a, it's a good spot. I like the kids having that kind of an experience yes. because they're around other people that also um, are there kind of for the same reasons or they've been coming there for so many years and, and that's your time to link up and you're waking up early, yeah. grabbing a coffee and a stick of beef jerky, whatever, you're getting out there and it's dark and it's cold and you're figuring out yeah. where you're going and you're getting into the tree stand and you're trying not to make any any noise or you're like, you built maybe a little hide the day before or whatever yeah. and you're kind of sneaking in there and trying to get in there and then you're waiting for the sun to come up and he's looking or she's looking and it's just a it's it's a different type of experience i like all those different i think it's good to expose Mm -hmm. you know to to as many different types of hunting as as possible yeah Yeah, my my kids are starting to get now i mean we have a little a lease in our farm so we're we're doing the kind of the same thing it's like yeah we could sleep at home but we go out get up early and do the whole thing and sneak around and do the we have a couple box blinds that are but it's like a clown car. It's like me and the three kids. And, uh-huh. and it's just like, I never knew kids could be so loud. And I want <laughs> them to be quiet, but we strangely always see stuff. So it's, yeah. it's pretty wild. But. Yeah. No, that's really cool. My daughter got her first year out there. Oh, cool. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good spot, but, cool. uh, but right here, yeah, down the street, Wyoming with uh bullet Valentini. I'll tell you what. So I've been, yeah, okay, that right. was two years ago, two, two years. years ago. Yep. Um, and you know, I've been writing a lot lately and all these different projects. So I prioritized those projects, these books at the top of the list and kind of didn't know, not kind of, I put working out and everything else at the bottom, meaning, uh, I'm not getting to that because uh, I need to get back to it. But anyway, I'm doing all that. So I went out there and now I'm hiking through these mountains with bullet Valentina and she is just crushing it. And I'm like, So luckily we, I mean, we got second we place. Got second. I mean, yeah. That, that, so that's ain't good. Fooling around. If no. you're, I mean, that is a monster of a, yeah. Of a, and we beat the other like military team that had a bunch of snipers on it. So uh, that's that was all good. That yeah. They got third. We got second. Uh, the guys that won, I think it was a bass fisherman, like a BMX racer, like somebody you wouldn't expect <laughs> to win. They, and they, and it wasn't close. Like they really, yeah, really? yeah they, they did a great job. It was really, it yeah, was I, fun. I, I heard the year before, cause I didn't know much about it. And a couple of weeks before they, they were like, you know, maybe, maybe some like good, couldn't make it. So they were like, Hey Bert, you want to come? I'm like, yeah, nice. sure. And, uh, yeah. So I, they're like, Oh yeah. Like, like some bass guy won last year. I'm like, well, and then that was good. Cause like, Oh yeah, a chance. it's possible. There's yeah. a chance for a, an underdog. Yeah. It's no, cool. it was, it was awesome. The shots were great. I think it was like you show up one day mm-hmm. and get sighted in, right. We use the cross rifle. Yeah. Everybody has a cross rifle it's with the, rifle. did you use the, is it the BDX? Is that BDX, yeah, yeah. It's a BDX system. So you're, you're ranging it with the binos and it's Bluetooth yes. to the scope. Is that right? Or it's yeah. in the scope. Our, yeah. Ours had the range yeah, yeah. finder so shot it to the scope. In the scope. And then the, yeah, yeah. the, the, uh, the b- binos were the vibration. Yeah. Uh, and it worked great. It's awesome. And I was worried, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, it's something else that can yeah. not work if Agreed. it gets, does it get wet or frozen or whatever sure. else? It worked I was super impressed with it. It was Likewise. amazing. My whole group, my whole group, it worked for everybody. Um, and uh, and so we went out there for, first day, meet everybody, uh, have the dinner, uh, sight in. And then the next day you get up, have, shoot that cannon, and then off you go. Yeah. And you're starting at these different, port, everybody starts at a different um, station. And then... Right. Off and then you go and I forget was it ten minutes between or fifteen or I, I don't remember what it was but it was I think twenty maybe to get to but it was like a mile or so between I know ours and there was, was one that had a steep they dude, called it cardiac hill that one was a rough one that, it went, it went uh, the second day especially it went like twelve or fifteen hundred feet vertical in like a mile yeah and you had like twenty or thirty minutes to do it but it topped out at ten thousand. It was, it was um, brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. I made it, but 
Valentina made it way in front of me. I, uh, I definitely realized, especially the second day, okay, I know how much time I have. I know how much time I took yesterday for that particular hill. Everything yeah. else was, was fine. Sure. But that particular hill, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take it nice and easy up here. I'm going to just, just pace myself. I'm going to, uh, there, Valentina will shoot first. So yeah. she can get there. She can start shooting. So by the time I'm getting up there, maybe she's on her second shot or something. I just kind of take a breath for a second. I'll get down in position and boom. And so luckily it all worked out uh, really so well. But that was the only one that was like close from a time perspective. Oh, really? Yeah. So we had a couple. Ours this year, we had the same one. But when you got to the top, it had a workout. Oh, it didn't thank have a, goodness I did not do this. Dude, the guys from Mountain Tough were there. Oh, nice. Dude. They're sending me the, because I have the app, Mountain Tough yeah, app. Yeah, they did great. But for me, I like... I think I just missed the generation of having everything like app. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, so I, I actually, I texted him last week. I'm like, Hey, can you send, just print something and send it to me or send me something I can just print out. Yeah. So I can just have paper out there um, rather than have my phone because there's just too many just like things yeah. that can come across oh, there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want it. I not that near me. Well, that's why uh, Aaron Osmus and I started the pen and paper strength app uh, mm. about seven or eight years ago. And it was a joke because we were old, we were in our forties and we're used to paper. So yeah. our pen and paper strength app is we, Write a, or he writes a workout on a piece of paper, takes a picture of it, puts it on Instagram. Oh, perfect. Like, just do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is every day yeah. handwritten, right? I mean, the Mountain Tough thing is awesome. Oh, like, it is. It's, it's like, those different workouts that they have, and they're, the, they're whether beasts. you have weighted or not, you know, like yeah. all those different things. And it, it's really well thought out. I'm really impressed yeah. with what I've seen from them. So we topped out that hill, and, you know, and there's a t- and there's a workout. It was snowing and the whole deal when we were doing it, and it was just oh, Screwsville, right? You remember. Well, I didn't have the snow, so we nor get, the workout. We get to the top and they're like, all right, dump your packs. Five minutes workout starts. We're like, wait, what? Oh, it was a surprise. Yeah. Didn't know it. So we jump up there and the workout was 15 straight minutes. You have a 60 yard uphill sprint. You lay on the gun. You have one shot to about 140 something yard gong. As soon as you, after you hit, as soon as you roll the bolt, the next guy could come running up the hill. And it was how many shots can you get off in 15 minutes? So it was just wind huh. sprints for 15 oh, interesting. minutes up a hill. And so, you know, the next guy would come and then you run down. But but it got worked out by about the time you got back down the hill, you had about 15 seconds before you had to run back up the hill. Dang. And it was 15 straight minutes of oh, that at 10,000. brutal. It was. It's one and of some those, people are flying in from sea level. Me. <laughs> 200 feet elevation. Yeah. And like, if you just taste blood in your mouth, you're like, this oh. is just great, you know? And it's, you know, muddy and snowy, and it was, it was. That sounds awesome if was, I'd been training up for it. I need to get yeah, back. Yeah, I trained some, amazing. but you can't train. Like, you if you're at 200 elevation, there's yeah. not a lot you could do. Man. So it was cool, though. We we uh, we ended up winning that uh, that little section. Oh, nice. Good. So it was, it Who was, was on your cool. team? Uh, so Corey Jacobson was our kind of uh, oh, nice. pro okay. uh, from Elk 101. Yeah. Super awesome guy. Um, Hoist Gracie. Nice. And then a Hoist guy, was so cool. Hoist is awesome. Oh, man. Hoist is awesome. So Still humble. Beast. Gosh. And then uh, uh, Kendall Gray. So Kendall was, is like this YouTuber guy, 22 years old, young guy. He's kind of like a dude perfect kind of dude of YouTuber. He started hunting years, like in high school, whatever, huh. and started a YouTube channel like, hey, man, I'm just a Kentucky kid. I want to hunt and fish and shoot oh, no guns. Way. And I'm going to instruct people how to do it. Or as I learn how to do it, I'm just going to take you along on the ride. Dude has hundreds of thousands of followers yeah. on YouTube. Puts out awesome content. All oh, this cool. stuff is just... So what I hear is uh, there's some Kindle YouTuber coming. And I'm thinking that it's some, I hate to say, like 
Barbie gun girl YouTuber. Uh, I'm like, this is going to be great. Like, uh, and so this little skinny Kentucky kid, 22 years old shows up. He's like, Hey guys, just like real nice. I'm like, Oh boy, dude was a beast. Nice dude shot like oh, a monster. Cool. He could, he had run with Corey. He uh, could shoot well. He was a, a total asset on the team. He was awesome. And, and cool. the, the good attitude always just uptick, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we kind of had this, ragtag team of people nice so it was fun yeah i know it's a great it's a great time but i can't believe they threw a surprise workout in there that was horrible man you did do you the they hardest have... hike of your life and then you're like oh yeah. no it's a workout it's yeah oh man i'm yeah. i'm now really glad that something yeah. came up <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why did they have the bear charge you to and the put the pistol no i uh i saw that we had to walk uh through the woods and we had a pack of wolves but it was timed for so, oh, multiple shots multiple so the pistol yes yeah, so you had like a magazine and you had you know 15 wolves and whatever and you had to get one or two magazines oh nice so, so it was like you but you had it timed. was it the 10 mil because they had the new 10 mil that came out it could have been i uh, i thought it was a 45 we shot yeah from what i remember okay but uh it was it was really cool you know and you you, you couldn't see them all i mean you had to like change levels and work your way through. Oh, nice. And so that's you, cool. Yeah. So if you didn't get them all, like, you know, you were attacked and then if you got them all, it was how many misses did you have and, or at the time. And it was really cool. It was, it was, it was, it was a cool, cool event. I think they told our group that the average shot was 288 yards. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I guess that was pretty much the same as, yeah, was. probably similar. I would think. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, how many ever shots, 288 yards. And they had all the diagnostics, like how many, miles walked how many shots taken it was just some astronomical yeah. numbers you know man that was really cool but you had different weather so mine was hot and it was fine um it was 90 degrees when we showed up when you showed day. up at 90 and then is it the next morning next morning there was three inches of snow three inches of snow and this is june for people listening Ju yeah it's june or july i mean it was it went from i think it was mid-june i had a pair of shorts on when i showed up i was like oh this is hot and i got there late so i didn't get to shoot the first day okay so you didn't so I got, yeah and they're like oh we got a gun that's close and so right before we left they ran me out they're like i took one shot they're like Boom. you got it and i'm like i guess yeah <laughs> like, let's go yeah with that system you know you can get away with that and with yeah. the cross, being able to adjust everything, yep. you can get away yep. with that. Yeah, so I just kind of hung out at camp yeah. and tried to get the gun right. And um, so I was kind of like learning the BDX uh. as we were going. Um, but yeah, no, we woke up three inches of snow on the ground. And, Didn't you uh, take a video in your tent and it was like crushing your tent? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was sitting there sleeping. Because I think there were three season tents. That they they were you. three season tents. That is accurate. And Andy Stump's tent broke. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. You should have set it up right. <laughs> there was a number of people who, whose tents just blew out on them. Like they were just screwed. You know, I mean, yeah. the tents were just laying on their heads. And uh, when I was sitting there sleeping, I just, I, I just heard, like I could hear it. Did you know it was snowing or did you wake up and realize I did, that this uh, tent is different than it was when I, I went to I sleep? I smelled the snow and I was like, oh, it might be kind of dusting. Uh, and, but I didn't think much of it because it was like, eh, whatever. And about two in the morning, like my tent hit me in the face uh -huh. and it was a split second before the poles broke. Uh -huh. And it was like, I just res, res, like reflexively just punched it off of me. And then I could, so I was like, Oh, I was like, okay, the tent's good. I was like, Whoa, it was full of snow. And then, so I was like, Oh crap. So I kind of slept and, and then just kind of tried to wake myself up every 30 minutes to punch the snow off the top. And so my tent survived, but I mean, you could hear tents just snapping all around really? us and guys like, Oh man, blah, blah, beep, 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 you know, wow. like, and so I think Stump had to like, 
I think he like left and like got a hotel or something because he was just like, there's nowhere to sleep. Um, hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, man. It was a bitch though. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards card, you can earn up to 1.75 cash back on all purchases. You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. And using the Navy Federal mobile app makes redeeming easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There are no limitations on rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with the cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, rates are variable and range between 14.90% and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Let me tell you about First Form. They have amazing products. My personal favorites are the Protein Sticks and the Micro Factor Daily Nutrient Packs. And why do I like them so much? Because First Form makes it super easy to get quality protein and nutrients on the go. And I always seem to be on the go. While their products are top-notch quality, what I like the most about them are their values. First Form is so much more than a supplement company. They are deeply committed to both American jobs and your personal well-being. At First Form, they value people. In fact, the only thing they've automated is a tape machine, a symbol of their dedication to providing jobs and making lives better. They care about employing people, nurturing their growth, and genuinely improving lives. Their mission is simple. First Form is there to help you reach your fitness and wellness goals. They believe in a partnership where, if you meet them halfway, they'll help you make progress. Go to firstform.com slash jackcar to receive free shipping on any orders over $75. That's one, the number one, S-T-P-H-O-R-M.com slash jackcar. Once again, that's one, the number one, S-T-P-H-O-R-M.com slash jackcar and receive free shipping on any orders over $75. Wow. You woke up and you're like, ah, oh, so I'm sleeping on the ground all night. It, it was 90. I'm yeah. used to 200 elevation. It's 7,500. Oh, you're and paying the man. And now you're paying the man, yeah. And then it's three inches of snow. You're like, oh, this is going to be sweet. Dang. And then day two, the snow started melting, so then the roads just turned to grease, like, wow. like black grease. Yeah. And then that was – we had one – iteration where we had an extra heavy pack so our normal packs and then one they put like a hundred pounds in us extra and then but like it'd been raining all the snow melt so it was like the sandbags were not a hundred pounds anymore oh wow and that put me on screw street like wow yeah and you're in amazing shape if someone's not i'm okay uh, shape. if someone <laughs> is not uh watching this but listening <laughs> bert is uh in amazing shape um and uh yeah. So some people, brutal. though, I could not have been in as good shape as you are. I would think not. It, but uh, like by month, looking. Uh, yeah, you would think not. Um, like and Indy's in great shape. You're in great shape. Like yeah, the Mike MMA Glover guys are going to be in great up, shape. Yeah. But some people probably not in as good shape. Uh, yeah, that, that's accurate. Um, and that 
probably really hurt them. You would think. You know who killed it was Laura Zera, uh, Margo. Like, she, they're a bunch but of CrossFit she, people, but yeah. they're, they're beasts. You Doesn't know? she live, like, in, like... I think that was the key. The people she's who tough. lived at least at that kind of elevation. and But not, not live at elevation, but she's tough. Didn't she do, like, survival stuff? Yeah, for sure. She's tougher, tougher nails. But for, for me, like, the hardest part in that iteration was when we were walking, um, it was like walking on axle grease. Mm. So my, my hips and my groin and my glutes got so just over-fatigued, and maybe because I, I am carrying more muscle, like the lactic acid buildup in it seized my glutes up where they just didn't work. Dude. And and so I looked over at Hoist, and I was like, I can't move my, I, like my effing glutes want fire. Like I can't physically walk forward. It wasn't like. With that weight when they, when you put that weight on? Yeah. Well, we were just walking. It was, it was in, I think the pack was sitting right on my butt. So it was like, so my gait pattern was uh. like this weird gait pattern, but I started getting so fatigued through yeah. my hips. And he and I looked at each other and he's like, dude, I can't move either. And we were just kind of standing there. So I had to do this like weird glide drop walk where I would oh, kind of like drop the center of gravity and kind of swoop yeah. forward. And then just, I was like, holy shit, this isn't going to work. Wow. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I, 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 yeah, my lungs and whatever burning, but like mechanically things aren't working right yeah. now. And so it was awesome. Like the teammates, uh, Corey and, uh, Kendall, they had, we were probably a couple hundred yards from the finish line. They ran back off left offloaded my pack. Uh -huh. I grabbed my rifle, my ammo. I grabbed some stuff out of Hoist's pack. They grabbed Hoist's and gave us a break just where we could get our like legs walking again. Wow. They they pulled us through the finish line, and then we got in. And then, but it was awesome. That was just to show the strength of a team. And then we got in. But by the time we got in, you know, I had walked unloaded, so my breath was back. And so they had started finding targets. And I just laid right on the gun. We cleaned out those targets. I I pushed my elbows into the soft mud pushed my bipod into the mud and literally picked up Hoyce's rifle, put it in my footprints, put his elbows in my elbow holes, ran laser for him. He cleaned out his target. The next guys were, and then they said we were the only group to clean all those targets on the whole thing. So it was cool going from like total screwsville to yeah. like, we pulled it off, but it was, it was the team picking up, you know, and I hate to say like I was a weak link at that point. And it was like, but, I'm great. not buying this story. I'm, I don't <laughs> think that you'll ever be a weak link <laughs> well, anywhere. Yeah, it worked out. Man. Yeah, that was a cool that was a cool scenario. But I think maybe the Hildeberg tents might have been the way to go. The ones that are like four season, you yeah, know, super strong. Yeah, maybe the, somebody waking up brother else up saying, Hey, we need to shovel off these tents. Yeah, the, the Nemo um like Three super, season. super light. I mean, now this tent is badass. You know, of course they give you the stuff afterwards. And I used the tent last weekend because yeah. it's awesome because it weighs like no pounds. Yeah. And, but snow is not the move for that tent. No, it's like we had the same one. We had a Nemo, but I took it home and uh, it got it got wet. I guess or anyway, when I packed it up, I think it was wet. So I came home, uh, put it to, uh, put it together again, put it in yep. the backyard in the sun to dry it out, and the dog got in it and <laughs> ripped it to shreds. Yeah, like got in there. I don't know if she freaked out in there or because oh, I had it open, so the, so just yeah. you know wind would go through and whatever. And the dog got in there and started just playing. And destroyed it with those nails, just because it was super lightweight tent, right? Super lightweight. So just done. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's almost too lightweight, but it's it's an awesome tent. Yeah, it's just don't put your dog in it and let your dog, your like, dog turn in it. into a dog toy, or or, or let it uh, blizzard on top of it. Yeah, yep, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, wake so, up, dust it off, keep it dusted yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Punch it out. It was cool. It was kind of cool though. Um, so I wore my watch the whole you know week and watched my heart rate and everything. And so I, I always find that 
interesting when I come up with it, hunt a desert or whatever, mm-hmm. <clears throat> keeping up with my recovery, just more than anything, just trying to learn just data yeah. points. And it was funny. I was watching, like looking on my diagnostics as like, you know, in the red zone of, you know, all the, you know, heart rate was super high, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I'm like, looking at it, I go, it's Sunday morning at like 6.30 a.m. I'm like, what the heck was I doing? I was like doing the math. I was like, oh, right. I got up and put my boots on and took a leak. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I was so overtrained and so overtaxed uh-huh. by two days of that, like in the snow yeah. and just the, just going hard, hard. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like comp mode. Of course you remember, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and, especially being an altitude and my body was just like f you we are done yeah <laughs> yeah and so oh even was, without the snow i was feeling it <laughs> but we had a, but it was a, such a good time and that dinner the last night we had a oh. great time and you're meeting some really cool people out there so um fun. yeah bullet and i had a great time and we, i saw her at ufc fight when yeah. me and and chris pratt and jocko and monica garrett and we flew out there for the the, the day or the day after the terminalist came out so terminalist oh, yeah. sponsored the ufc fight in vegas so we oh. all went out there and uh valentina was up in the, the the front area right there so i got to see her cool. and that was really that was really awesome uh but uh i love the cross and i hadn't had a rifle like that like a hunting rifle with the folding stock uh-huh. like that and i was kind of like eh. and then i used it i'm like oh i love the folding stock now I, it is Huge. so convenient for putting it in the pack putting it in the car oh. putting it in the safe like it, it is very convenient to yeah. have that folding yes stock. especially when you're running a can because then it this overall size is still you could you have little, that little yeah. SIG can and then you fold that stock in and you're, you're like, you're still like carbine length. Yeah. Super it's nice. Light, I'm, balances. I'm a fan. And the whole rifle is light. Like you can, yeah, you can find some, like I have a rifle zinc. That's kind of my go-to 300 wind mag. Yeah. That thing is light. And yep. I've been using it for over, over a decade now. And, uh, it is super, super light. And I like a light rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. I like a heavy pistol for some reason. I don't really? know why I like a heavy pistol, but a light rifle. Uh, so I have a light, really light, Rifle zinc, amazing rifle. Oh, I absolutely love that thing. The cross, way less expensive than the, right. than that super custom total right. titanium. Like it's incredible. All the but stuff. The sig, like it's close to being. I mean, it's like a few ounces difference. You know, it's it's, it's, it's very wild. close to being the same uh, the weight as this crazy lightweight rifle yeah. that I have. It's pretty dang close. It to is. The same weight. It is. Is your six five Creed? I have a six five and I have two six fives. Yeah, two, yeah, I have two six fives as well, and I, I I started hunting with that. That's probably what I'm going to have the kids hunt with this yeah. year. Six five with a can on it, adjustable stock. Yeah, get it just right. Yeah, even with that cross in there, you know, you could run that or that BDX. You could run, laze it, and so you have mm-hmm. the red dot because my kids love the red dot. Oh, like that, nice. That okay, yeah, that generation. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like that's probably what they'll kill their first deer with this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, what nice. a what a cool gun! It's like if they could make it. I talked to Spala like when he was there. If they had a carbon fiber barrel, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you'd really save on it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think about what I have in there with a carbon fiber barrel. I have a few things, but I guess it's not the cross. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, and they talked about it potentially. Oh, I know where I saw one with a carbon fiber. Never mind. I'll tell you afterward. I, found, I did see one with a carbon fiber barrel, but I don't know if I can talk about it. So right, I'll tell you about yeah. it later. Yeah, that's, so why, that's I why I was confused. If they, if they had that, you can yeah. make it even much, obviously, more light, lighter. But do you save 10 ounces? To, I, I don't yeah, yeah. five. I don't know if it's worth the juice, worth the squeeze. It's just such a badass little gun. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome! And no, we had we had a ball of that. That was 
that was, that was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? They may, they may be only do it twice. Yeah. You know? We'll yeah. see. It was really cool to be part of it. Yeah, I'm really we glad. Be, we could be last champions. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, and going back to what you, when you're talking about your company, um, yeah. and, and Sornex Outdoors and, uh, do you ever get any pushback for being being you uh, and being <laughs> like unapologetic about things, America? Do you worry about that bit. from a business perspective, or do you? Um, what's, what's what's that been like? Um, yeah, building this company question. that you've built over the last you know x number of years, but especially since you've been you know at, yeah. at the helm, um, what's that been like in the, in the business world dealing with universities that you're putting in? these amazing gyms in and um, what's that been like? That's a really good question. Um, I think initially when we started doing stuff with Sornex Outdoors, and that just means it was shining a light on stuff we were already doing. Mm. You know, we I've, I've been hunting and fishing my whole life. <clears throat> the two biggest things have been the outdoors and strength and conditioning. Mm. Like, and I would say the outdoors longer so than, than <clears throat> strength work. But um, that being said, when we started leaning into it more publicly, yeah, there was some confusion more than anything. There wasn't as much mm. pushback. It was just confusion. The people in the strength world are, were kind of like, oh, like what, we're getting into bows now or getting into hunting. Like, and they didn't, they didn't get it. And, uh. and it, it almost, I think it felt in some way like a kind of a radical, like, huh. like they, they just didn't understand because yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions. But let's say if you grow up in an urban or suburban area, mm-hmm. a guy with a, you know, a beard and a gun and all this stuff, like it, it it's been portrayed poorly mm. in, in public eye. So there was a little bit of that. And then some people felt like even relatively close people, some people like even inside the company, they didn't understand. They're like, well, what are we all of a sudden a hunting company? I go, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Like it's all strength. This is just one of the facets, mm-hmm. you know, for their, their strength is the basis of everything we do. Strength, capability, conditioning, <clears throat> There's just different adventures. At one point, the adventure was lifting a lot of weights. At one point, the adventure was making a hammer throw really go really far from mm-hmm. my feet. And at 46 years old, I'm probably not going to train for the Olympics anymore. So I could go back to these other adventures that I want to do. I could train. Uh, and curling. You could do curling. <laughs> I could do curling. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's just a, a new adventure to train for yeah. and to put that towards. So. But like you, like you said, I mean, a lot of our, uh, the majority of our, our marketplace is university athletic departments mm-hmm. and they're not, um, generally the most conservative mm-hmm. generally. Um, and so we haven't had an enormous amount of pushback and, and thankfully, uh, I, but I, I'm not trying to shove it down anyone's throat, but I'm going to be unapologetically patriotic mm-hmm. and rational and, if I hunt and I and I enjoy doing it, like I'm, I'm going to show what I do. Yeah, like that that's just kind of how it is. And but the fun part is, is I've seen a lot of strength and conditioning coaches from that college world. They'll, they're now getting into it more so because it's. I think in some ways we're making it okay. Yeah, and a little bit fashionable to like, hey, you might be a football coach at this big SEC school. Uh-huh. But it's okay to shoot a bow in your backyard afterwards, and it's okay for the three weekends that you have off for the six months to go yeah. bow hunting, or to go deer hunting, and take your kids do all these things. And it's it's not seen as a a bad thing. And so, partly, I want to educate those people, um, and even take like I want to take urban 
folks that grew up in urban society, maybe playing basketball or something that had nothing to do with any green space and put a bow in their hand or put a 22 in their hand or take them camping or things like that. And just expose people to different things that they're not used to. Conversely, those folks that um, have been elk hunting their whole life, but as they get a little bit older and their legs aren't as strong as they mm-hmm. were normally because they were doing all this physical labor, like, hey, like let's, let's teach you how to train a little bit. Let's tweak these little mm-hmm. parts and pieces and help you help you, you know, die a young man long time mm-hmm. from now, you know, yeah. it's kind of thing. So yeah, we've had a little bit of pushback, uh, you know, some, some political stuff, but uh, that was more during the COVID <laughs> space, Yeah, you know, um, thankfully not as, not as bad recently, knock on wood. Yeah. And Cause you know, I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. And uh, yeah, so there's, there's some places you can talk about some people who you, you can talk about whose gyms you've, you've built sure. those universities. Those are posted on online yes. and on the website and everything mm-hmm. like that. Incredible. I Thank mean, you. beautiful. Uh, and then there's, there's uh, some people you can't talk about. And then right. there's some people who, who, who are private that post theirs like Jocko or Dudley and yeah, uh, Rogan. Rogan and, and, and show their gyms and, yeah. and all that. So yeah, it's cool. We just had, um, uh, there's a thing on, uh, I guess, Netflix called Quarterbacks. And so, um, oh gosh, uh, Bobby Stroop had uh, Patrick Mahomes on his thing. And mm-hmm. so everyone, I haven't seen it because I haven't got a chance to watch my TV. But everyone's like, oh, Sornick is all over the place. Nice. That's cool. So that's it's, awesome. It's, it's kind of neat when you have, you know, Mahomes or uh, some of the other goats of yeah. the football world or whatever. And, and again, the, the, it's nice that they pay for it and everything like that. But my, the thing that I get excited is, is the people who could afford anything or choose anything. It, I, it, it's not lost on me that they choose our stuff. Yeah. Like that's, that's, you know, kind of like when someone reads your book, Hey, thanks. Like, I really appreciate that. Right. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate when someone could have purchased anything in their strength conditioning world Mm -hmm. and they chose our stuff. Then a, that means we're doing a good job. B, that's more inspiration to try to do a better job. And to, you know, in that regard, if we're, if they're coming to us to purchase from us, that's a promise. Yeah. And then it's our job to deliver on that promise, that expectation that when they later go, wow, I'm really glad I went to Sornex because Joe Rogan got it. And now I know why he got it, yeah. you know, and, and, or whoever it might be, yeah. or University of Alabama or, right. or whatever it may be. So that, that's kind of that like bar that gets set that you have to jump over that bar every day. It's like, yeah. you can't slip. Like yeah. these people trust that we're the go-to guys for the go-to guys. Oh yes. Yeah. It's like your books. Well, appreciate five or six of them were great. The seventh one can't suck. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Working on it right now. You're right. Yeah, exactly. You're like, this is what we expect. And and every time you're like, yes, he keeps doing it. That's Uh, it. But that's why you pass up hunts and you pass up all these other things to do a great job. It's just how it is uh, these days, how it is right now. Anyways, continue to build upon this foundation but uh but we had the uh, sore stuff in james reese's garage in the terminal list and uh you know th- some things get edited out right as you go and you're like oh man uh so you can see if you're looking you can see it uh if you're looking for it but uh there were some other machines that really had it in there but then we had all this gear so the guys are all working out oh, on cool. set with that stuff that you sent out so that was amazing <laughs> well, let me know if you need more this year yeah so hope we do, do. Yeah, hope right. we do and uh so they're actually so they're staying in shape for the show with your stuff on Perfect. set and then it's in the garage and you can look and see it in the background and it almost made the opening credits um and i think i sent you a screenshot yes, you did. of it one of the uh that was incredible ones. i was like oh my gosh if that, that would have been if that really makes cool. the final yeah didn't make the final 
final, it switched up a little bit, but there was a, I forget what it turned into. I have to go back and look because everything would turn into something. So yeah. it was kind of showing like, uh, you know, James kind of symbolize what's going on in James Reese's sure. head and his brain with the tumor and the, and all of that. Um, and so it was a, it was a full on Sornex plate and then it turned into, yeah, turned the end of the bar else. turned, I think the end of the bar turned into a sniper rifle. That, yeah. yeah you it. said that to me. I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, if that happens. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that was in there, but you do so many iterations. So what you do for the opening credits is you hire, there's companies out there that just oh, do wow. that. So it's not the same group. So what you do is you, um, I think they must see parts of a director's cut or, or, uh, or something, but that you get them, get, tell them that kind of the feel, that, yeah. that you're looking for and then they take all that on board and then they give you some some options and oh, send you some stuff and then you go back and forth editing and say ah oh, we like this not to hey morph this say hey, what about the music all right here's these three songs like we had three songs ah. and they were all awesome and uh so that we so over the weekend like me and chris and antoine and david Agilio and jared shaw were all listening to these three songs over and over again for a weekend maybe even longer and then we decided on the on the trigger. Yeah, uh, that Mississippi was... Twilight. Um, but anyway, there's what a company the other that just does remember? that. I'll tell you afterwards. I don't want them to feel bad. Uh, <laughs> but they're all awesome. Like, oh, sure. It, it, you weren't going to make a wrong choice in that Yeah, it's almost comes down to three. like what mood are you in when you have to make the choice. Yeah, that could, that could play in. But we had, luckily, that's I think that's why we took some time yeah. with it. So I think I know, I know we chose the right one, but the others would have been awesome as well. Uh, and, uh, and, and then those opening credits, you know, there's these companies that do it. They all, I loved everything. I'm like, man, I love, so there's none of this that I don't like. Cause it was all, they did such a great job. And then it ended up being, you know, that, that end product yeah. opening credits that, uh, that we ended up with, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was pretty cool. But Sornex was there. Yeah. And actually episode eight, maybe. I think Brady Cervantes uh, sent me a uh, a screenshot of the the officer uh, in California on the bridge. I'm trying to uh, yeah, he, he boom, boom, boom. pulled him over. Yeah, uh-huh. and he leaned in the car. Yeah, uh, it, it was officer. Oh, excuse me, it was officer Soren, which I thought. Oh was cool. man, yeah, that like, is hey, awesome. That out. <laughs> oh man, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, no, it was, I, I I can't remember if it was actually a male or a female officer, but there was I, two. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, nice. No yeah, there's all sorts of little things like that, yeah. and, and some of them Appreciate I didn't even that. know until we did the Terminal List podcast with David Gilio, showrunner Jared Shaw, uh, producer, actor, plays Boozer, uh, Seal buddy of mine who gave the. Yeah. to Chris was the reason the whole thing happened. Um, but uh, we talked through all those every episode and there's some things I didn't, I didn't know that hadn't stuck out. They, so they, so yeah. does someone else come in and start pulling little things like that? Or, or are they like, is we there... just know each other so well. So Max Adams, former army ranger, uh, amazing guy. He's uh, right now he's number two in the writer's room. David Agilio is the showrunner uh, for this next origin story series with Taylor Kitsch and, and playing the bed Edwards character. Um, but they just, they, love the books and we know each other so well that they put these little things in and either they don't tell me or they forget or whatever. Cause some things are our last minute. Like, Oh, we need a number on this door. Um, you know, what's Jack's buds class, you know, like that sort oh, of thing. Yeah. Um, but I want, I'm not there. So then they're moving on cause there's so much happening. Yeah, so so no one's like, shoot. Hey, we just put your buds class number on the Like, so there's all sorts of little things like that. Um, there's one thing there there's what buds class were you? 213. 213. There was a, uh, there's this, uh, there, I don't know if you saw it in the house. No, cause it's off the, the wall right now, but, um, there's this guy in LA who does artwork with targets 
And uh, it's been in a few shows, been in Californication, been in a, fun, fun, a few different ones in the in the background. But uh, he did this thing with another SEAL buddy of mine where they shot one bullet on the minute, every minute on the 10th anniversary of September 11th for every SEAL killed in combat. And then wow. they'd, somebody would be down there and they'd mark it and put the name of the first SEAL, boom, second SEAL. And they put the name for each of these shots wow. on this target. And what was crazy is... I think I saw... Was it down there? It was in I, Virginia Beach. I think they did it in Virginia Beach. Okay. Um, but, oh, in the house. Yeah, there's one yeah, in the house. I, I a different, saw, yeah, there's a different one in the house. Yeah, yeah. there's a different one of his in the house. I have two of them in there. I have three of them in there. Oh, one of them's right there. See that? See that one? Medusa? On the behind, right next to... Uh, uh, in the blood, see the see. The, it's not the target, but it's a girl oh, yeah, with yeah, a yeah, with a sure. rifle. Yep. So that's his right there. That's cool. And um, uh, so so the, there that particular one became. They took the newspapers from nine eleven, and that was the background. That target was the foreground, and wow. then all the names were across the bottom. And we have a scene in the terminal list that was really powerful. Um, and so it's James Reese. He's going into the, the high bay and he's going into the weapons room and he's getting all this stuff from, uh, all his gear. Yeah. And, uh, but he's in the parking lot. He's going through, putting his his little card against the thing, putting his code, going in uh, to the team and, and all that stuff. And the music's going doosh, 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 going. And then he opens the door and he's in his high bay and everybody's gear is there and they're all dead. So they're all, it's all his, his guys. And so they were killed in the book in Afghanistan and the show. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a little, little different. But uh, so all the cages are right there. And so he's standing there alone and the music stops. And there's that that piece of art right there behind him mm. of every seal killed from wow. every shot, every minute on the minute. And so it's... Um, so it was really powerful. Yeah. But it didn't make the final... Didn't oh, make the final geez. cut. Yeah. So there's, a, there's like a two-hour version Two hour or more. Anyway, uh, director's cut that uh, was like oh, really? the first the first cut that uh, that we looked at from that first one, and I thought I was like, I can't cut a minute, can't cut one second of this thing. Right. Uh, this is Antoine's cut, and this <laughs> is this. There can't get any better than this. Uh, but we had to whittle it down to an hour, so there's an hour out there. Is there, there anywhere to it. see that director's cut? I don't know. Maybe on my computer, or maybe not. <laughs> if anybody from Amazon is listening, because there's no way that I have it. Um, but uh, but it's it, it was cool. But it's not you know it's not none of it's treated you know right. all that sort of a thing. So it hasn't gone through those final stages yet. So it's still a rough cut. Yeah. It's the very first one, but but that was very powerful. So that's another example of something that uh, that's that was filmed that didn't make it in just for whatever, whatever reason just didn't. Gosh, uh, it's it's didn't so sad it. in some ways because like there's so much, there's so much meat there. And you yeah. Want to, like revamp it back, roll it back and do some director's cut or something. And I see why we cut it actually. So now I'm learning, I'm sure. learning the process. I'm a, a sponge. I'm a student of all of this. And uh, now I, I see why that it didn't make it in there, but it was pretty cool. And yeah. I really wanted to get that piece of art in there and it is in there in the, in the opening credits. There's a different piece of art with that target that's um cool that's like that so, how um how yeah many elwood series? t risk for anybody when okay. it's on instagram elwood t risk and I, that's the website as well and he does uh he does amazing work i've been down there a few times to his where he works in in long beach and i mean when you think artist in, in la like this is him <laughs> it's just awesome i love that's, it yeah, now, how many dude. um how many seals were killed since uh post 9 you know i don't even know right now right now yeah i knew for a while and yeah. then yeah, unfortunately, I the number. Goes yeah, I think up. I didn't want to. Uh, 
and that's why I don't have that particular piece of artwork also because he did, there's the original and then he did a certain number um, of, uh, uh, of them that you could get and that they auctioned off for different things. But I didn't want to have that um, always right within view every single day. It's enough. It's in me. It's a part of me enough it's a, right. that, uh, and there's enough visual reminders around anyway. And it's in my novels obviously woven in um that i didn't want it because it, it's huge like it's it's gigantic the piece wow. of art so i also didn't want that to be the centerpiece you know yeah uh, if that makes sense that might be terrible not anyway that's just you know yeah that's just no, like, that that makes sense yeah i mean it's just, it's always a part of me every day i think it, of it every day and we yeah. got all this stuff everywhere. i mean a piece of art so uh, it moves you and if it if it doesn't it's not just, I remember anyway. I, right. I felt like I didn't need the piece of art to remind me. Correct. Um, but but it's, it's it's stunning. Uh, but I have other and artwork, an, obviously, and it's by an effect, the artist. Right? And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a stimulus, and sometimes yeah. we don't always need that stimulus. Yeah, I'm going to remember every day, but that's, uh, I'm going to you know build on that foundation, hopefully honor the memories of those friends who didn't make it uh, through the way that I live my life and raise my kids and yeah. you know, try to be a good citizen. Um, or the long form. But I did want to get it in the show. I did want to. So maybe we'll sneak it in somewhere else at some point. You know, you yeah. never know. You never yeah. know. Um, but that was cool. We got a Josh Hall surfboard in there. We oh, got that's uh, cool. yeah, we got a PSE bow in there. Yeah. Uh, Dudley's yeah, is in there as well. Um, so uh, knock on archery, little mat there on yeah. the on the desk. So we worked in quite a few things. The Fort Knox safe uh, is in there. Same similar one to that one right nice. there. Uh, so we tried to work in as many things as we could. Winkler, obviously Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to work as many things in there as I could from, from buddies and, yeah. and all that stuff, stuff that makes that's important. And there's yeah. no product placement that was paid for. That's the other thing. Like no one could pay to get anything into the show, which was cool. I think it's, and I think that's different uh, than a yeah. lot of shows out there, but ours, yeah, there was no, there's none of that, which well, was kind of cool. Well, that's, what's the coolest, one of the coolest parts about how you interact with your community that i always see is is you you it's real it's like all all the the companies or the community or the products or whatever they're they're either things you are using you're friends Mm -hmm. with the people like there is relationship there it doesn't seem like well for fifty thousand dollars i'll do this yeah i wanted to keep it keep it uh real i guess keep it sure the trust factor um well then then it's a it's a uber trip when you get written into a, the book, like I know uh, Andy, flip flop Andy, yeah, 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 he and I were on the same page. Our Sornex and, and and he was just like, nice. dude, check this because I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I was like, that's freaking amazing. Yeah, so yeah, cool. flip flop sauce. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, awesome. I, God, I love when he does that. That leg. Oh, it's so. I cool. think you can get the leg from Maui Nui, or you could for yeah. a while anyway. A full on axis yep. leg, and then yeah. uh, cook it up a similar way. Or do you make the broom? What do you make the broom with? Uh, the, the rosemary, rosemary broom, and then yep. you put it in the sauce and. And you're putting it on there and you're slicing it off as you go. So, so it's good. just cooking it at the, it's, it's, it's we, awesome. We did 12 legs this year at winter strong. Whoa. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I have a 30 foot long pit. How many people were there? 250, 300. Holy man. That's yeah. huge. So what we'll do, we'll have a pit that's uh three feet by 30 feet and we'll put a pallet of charcoal in it, like a full pallet and, and we'll run, I have stainless steel grates so everyone sits around like a pit crew, dude, and and they're just legs and just fire and total bedlam for about an hour and a half. 
That's crazy. Awesome. And is Andy running up and down? Yeah, just running up and Fli- down. Is, is he flip flop guy on Instagram? Yeah, uh, the flip the flip flop guy is yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And so he has he's a running grill. up and down, making getting them yeah, all. Yeah, so he has a grill. He shows people how to do it, and then there's like the other ten or eleven, twelve legs. No way. And then everyone is just over there with their little knives and the whole deal yeah. and their brooms, and we're just smashing total bedlam for you know an hour and a half of fire awesome. and meat. And anyway, yeah. it's great because you get done and there's just like 10 or 12 deer leg bones sitting there. Dude. And then uh, I saw, I got a leg over in the, in my freezer for a Maui. So good. I, I don't want to mess it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to either like, cause we're so it's crazy. You saw it. It's chaos. Here oh, all yeah. The time. Yeah. Um, but we I always see white, white tail legs. At, at winter. It's just usually stuff that I kill okay. or other guys kill. So oh, I'll nice. go on like doe patrol towards the end of the season. Uh, I'm like, how many deer do we need? And so okay. Then we'll just, and then we'll go Man, out. Winter like, Strong. Yeah. And so you have Winter Strong and Summer Strong? Summer Strong, yeah. Summer Man. Strong is the original. We've done 16 years now of Summer Strong. No way. Yeah, weird, huh? How, jeez. Uh, <laughs> when did Winter Strong start? Uh, Winter Strong is, I think we're on five now. Okay, so right about the time. Yeah, so it's kind of like that whole outdoor side. And Summer Strong was just this crazy event of getting extraordinary people together kind of like yeah. ted talks seminar group yeah. therapy oh it's amazing people that are there yeah it's it's yeah kept kevin holland this year had michael easter this year mm. um yeah we we have some some hitters coming next year diamond dallas page is, is, is that? the wrestler from, oh. from the 90s from oh D- dang ddp oh man <laughs> yeah yeah so uh him we have a couple other like pretty neat surprise nice. guys that they're gonna jump in um but yeah, just interesting people. They're doing, you know, like I said, almost TED Talkish. Yeah. But just all with a. a and you're slinging arrows. You have yeah. guys making knives. Well, see, Montana that, that's knife company, Summer right? Strong. Summer Strong. We oh, do Summer the Strong. HQ. Okay. And then year about five six years ago, some of the my inner circle guys were like, "Hey man, we got to do another one. like because this is our family reunion. We all get together mm. this time. Let's do a Winter Strong. Let's like basically just roll back the tape." And so I kind of joked. I was like, "Well." We're going to do it, but we're going to do it different. It's going to be outdoors related. We're going to camp at my farm. It's going to be invite only, small group. Mm-hmm. It's going to be immersion stuff where then that's where we're going to do. Yes, strength and conditioning will be a part of it, but it'll be primitive skills and cleaning animals. And, you know, we'll go and night hunt and shoot a bunch of hogs a couple nights before, bring mm-hmm. them in, break the hogs down, teach everyone how to do that. Nice. Then guys like <clears throat> like Josh Smith and yeah. Neil Kamimura and, um, and uh, Mike Rodriguez and Lucas O'Hara and, and all those guys started, the knife makers started showing up. So then it's wild. Like we're at a kind of a strength event and we yeah. have like the best knife makers on the planet yeah. and they'll start to be bringing these just super ninjas in there. Nice. From, and they have, we do this like knife makers rodeo at night. We have a bunch of forges, a bunch of uh, um, anvils and guys are just smashing steel till five, six in the morning, just, just out there killing it. And um so that's just kind of this what weird special event. I turned into that. And, yeah. but it was, uh, we took the part of the magic of this one, put it in the outdoors world. And he's been there for years, cooking legs, uh, John and Jen rivet. They come in mm. from Traeger and they cook, they, they come in a month early and they stay at the farm and that's kind of part of their vacation. But then they, have you been up there? And yeah, I, I bear hunted up there, gosh, four or five years, three, four years ago. Oh, have wow. you? Not yet. I keep, they keep inviting me up, but I've never had a chance. It's, it's a super chill hunt. That's exciting. And that there's bears everywhere. Yeah. You're sitting on the ground. There's bears everywhere. Um, but so they come in, they bring their family, their camper, the whole deal. And then, you know, they're, they, they, they kind of run the whole food side. Nice. So we have like 
seven or eight Traegers running for 24 hours a day yeah. for three days. And that's wild. And um, yeah, so Black Rifle comes in and they bring, they brought some coffee and you have, you know, Kill Cliff and Jocko send some stuff and Bub's Nutrition and nice. And um, just Yeti and like all the, all yeah. the buddies. Yeah. And, and, you know, John's out there teaching archery and crazy. And uh, Volkortsen is oh, nice. there. We run all the, it, we have a thousand yard range, but it's just a lot going on when you have a couple hundred people there uh -huh. to be shooting big guns. So we'll run Volkortsens up to about 250 yards, which 22 nice. long rifle. I need to get some of those. Like Katie, Dude, Katie Pavlich is, uh, uh, knows them and yeah. uh, is associated with them. And I, I guess I need to get a couple of those. Yeah, Scott Volkortsen is awesome. Family owned business, second nice. generation. Um, they're just the Gucciest. 22s of all time and uh whether the rifle or the pistol so we'll have uh pistol bay will be running um you know just just it's amazing so yeah, yeah. we're just a lot of a lot of fun stuff out there so yeah yeah, yeah. awesome did donnie vincent come out one year donnie came out um right before we start okay right but i think after the first one he came okay. out to the farm and we just yeah. screwed around it was actually right before he and michael went on the hunt that they were oh, in comfort okay crisis. got it and um, so it's kind of a strange world, kind of a yeah. background. I'm sure you've had Donnie on the podcast. Yeah, Donnie and uh, and Michael Easter as well. Yeah, yeah I wrote I, a Michael Easter blurb for his new new novel or not? Novel, oh, good. His new book's not a novel. Book. I, I've I've turned more people in the strength world on the comfort crisis. Mm -hmm. What a what an awesome book! And then Donnie's just oh, he's yeah. a, he's an original. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What an amazing guy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like everybody we're talking about has been on the on the podcast or I've linked up with it, crazy. shot or seen on a hunt or out here at the, mm -hmm. you know, down the road at that ranch we were talking about. And like, it's a, uh, yeah, really cool, cool community. Really it is. Cool group of people. It is. I'm, I feel very blessed to yeah. just kind of everyone's. And Everly Stock, Glenn. Glenn, yeah. Or not, not this hat, yeah. that hat. I've, yeah. I have Everly Stock hats everywhere, no, except, yeah, except on too. my head right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, I always have an Everly Stock pack in my in my truck right now. Nice. But yeah, Glenn's come in. Glenn flew in two years ago. Um, landed oh, those in videos, field. his videos that he posts of him flying river canyons and stuff. I mean, what an amazing guy. It's just super interesting, right? And I saw the video that uh, you oh, did, yeah, that yeah, I did you, yeah, as well. You, yeah, we were both on that. Uh, just telling him how much he meant to us after his, mm -hmm. uh, his recent uh, battle with cancer that he, he talked about on his Instagram. So yeah, just tough uh, as nails. My goodness, what an amazing guy. Olympian. Uh, Air yeah. Force pilot, finally A ten uh, biathlete in the Olympics. You know, like all those. Yes, creative. Like he's a he's a character. You could, that's a character you'd create for a novel, and people would be like, right. "Oh, that would be cool if someone like this existed." <laughs> yeah. Well, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. And he'll, he totally like when he came to Winterstrong two years ago. He didn't even tell us he was flying in. <laughs> like he just buzzed the field. We're like, "Is that Glenn?" No way. And then, like he flew from. From yeah, Idaho. From Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh -huh. like comes in like the Snoopy plane. It's you know? so great. And uh no, it, it was awesome. His whole staff is great. It just it's just cool, fun uh -huh. people. Yeah, we put two two bags in the show. Chris Pratt's oh, yeah, wearing the right. bag in the urban environment. He has the the blue one. Yeah. Uh and then in the uh the sniper uh shot scene, boom, he's carrying that uh using that pack as he yeah. gets into position. So we got two Everly stocks in the show and once again, yeah. They didn't, they didn't pay for that. You know, it's all, it's all this and it's all real yeah. and it's all, it's going to, same thing right here. Like, uh, the, uh, Hoot and Young whiskey right there, the yeah. collaboration, like that's, uh, it, but it's, anything that I do like that, I always make sure that, uh, I don't want to have 
some sort of line in the agreement that says you can't do anything. Like I want to be able to talk about horse soldier bourbon. I want to be able to talk about high West or Alpine distillery or any of these other veteran owned whiskey companies that are out there. And uh, what's so cool is they're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like same thing with, uh, you know, with, with SIG, obviously I've been carrying that two, two, six forever, but I never want to be ever be in a position where I'm like, Oh geez, I can't, be in this photo with it. Cause this person has a Glock or cause I am right. trying out this Glock or whatever it might be. Yeah. I want to keep it all, everything want to keep it all it is what pure it is. as I, as I can. So I, so it's an instant. No, if anyone wants to do anything ever, it's an instant. No, if it's like, Hey, you can only use my rifle, only my pistol, only drink my whiskey, only smoke my cigars, only use wear my watch, only or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Instant, it makes it easy. There's so much going on. It makes it easy. Instant. No, and I'm, move, and I'm moving on just yeah, because you know, like I'll still use that, all that stuff, sure. but anything that's going to tie me down, like, right. no, there's no, I want, uh, yeah. I want more freedom, yes. not less, less freedom. freedom. Right. And, and I have a job yeah. and I want people to be yeah. able to, if I want to talk about something, I want to be able to talk about it. I never want to be able to have to think, Oh, can I not talk about this? Because like, no, I never want that in my calculus ever. Yes. And I've felt that before. Mm. Um, I've been, you know, pro staff with some different companies and it's not necessarily the any type of pressure, but like with, with hunting clothing or guns or knives or things like, like I like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't just get into this three years ago. So I I was talking to Mike Easter. uh, I'm sorry, Mike Glover last night. You would have to pay me an extraordinary amount of money to only shoot one brand of gun the rest of my life. That it probably just not happening. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's no reason for someone to pay me that much money. And there's no reason for me to not get to collect guns Mm -hmm. and just, I I like these ones and I like these ones. And some days I want to carry a MKC and some days I want to carry a a Mm -hmm. Neil Kamimura because they're all good stuff that Mm -hmm. are my friends. And I I carry the gear that I use and much like you and what you write into your stories. Mm -hmm. That is me getting to be with my friends when they're not there. Yeah. You know, I get to wear a hat or wear a, a, a carve up something on my knife, and I go, "Oh man, hope Josh Smith is doing well mm-hmm. right now." You know, absolutely. I got my first Montana knife company uh, knife. It was the one that had uh, paracord, yeah, um, green paracord. So I had that first one. I think it might be one of the first ones that they that they made. Still have that one. It's been really cool to see their sure. company oh, explode. Um, and that's uh, yeah. But what's also cool, anybody that had like some sort of a standard agreement like let's say a pro staff or whatever i think it's pretty standard that it's like oh you can only wear our hunting jacket or whatever right um but anytime that would just happen to be in like some language in something and i've been like nah uh every every company's been like oh no we want you like sig wants me to shoot other things right because it i'm not bought by them i'm not bought by this whiskey company this watch company this cigar company whatever like i and i I'm not going to do that and anyway, wonder, but they like it. They're like, Oh, yes. cause it's, it's cause it's di- cause I think it's different yes. than what is usually. Yeah. Done. And I think the customer basis is starting to see through yeah. the, the pro staff or influence. Like, check this out. It's the best gun in the world. Okay. Um, <laughs> and you never shoot anything else. You don't have anything else back there in that safe, you know, right behind you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, why? Why aren't you talking? Anyway, so anyway, I just, yeah, and no, nothing I, that, not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff. That's fine. Do, no, that, I, people I make their totally living doing agree. that sort of thing. It's yeah. I totally great. agree. But I do see, you know, there, there's a little bit more to it when I see multiple different. I mean, yeah. there'll be days I'm, I'm wearing a Origin pant, or I'm wearing Beyond pants right now. I'm wearing a or a, a, a Everly stock under a Sitka jacket and a yeah. Beyond and a, and a Origin hat or something. Right. And I go, people, are like, yeah, you like you in a yard sale? I'm like, 
I, I like these things yeah, for certain yeah. things, and sure. this is what I have on. I got my Sornex t-shirt, got my Aries <laughs> watch, got the uh, uh, Triple Out design pants, Solomon shoes, um, darn right. tough socks, Yeti cup. Hey, what else I got? Sig hat, big brand. You guy. know, hey, that's just I like. I've always been. I've always been into gear, and I mean, you know, yeah, it's fun and to, a gear guy. Me. And you obviously, that's one of the things I like so much about your books. You're a gear guy, and so yeah. am I. So, but going, it goes back to hey, I like I like wearing my, yeah. and generally. Almost everything I wear or gear that I run does is from one of my friends. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Yeah. Like, I don't go to like, like a why not? rando store and buy like these pair of pants are yeah. my size. Right. It's like, no, I'd rather like spend money yeah. with the or, or reps right. with my buddies. Like, yeah. Hopefully, I don't know if people look like, oh, Bert's wearing this. Well, maybe I'll wear this. I don't. It's just it, natural. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But now I just put these on. I go, these are great. I've had a lot of adventures in these. Nice. And, yeah. Hey, I appreciate so and so hooking me up with that. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Thank uh your friends on your hunt. Like that, the 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 Hoot and Young, it was on the the bar in episode one with Chris Pratt as James yeah. Reese and Boozer in there. So, so that whiskey is in there and cause I wanted to support a veteran owned company. And, um, yeah, that's Norm Hooten who Blackhawk down played by Eric Bana. Uh, oh, wow. so a legendary operator right there. Awesome sure. dude, but I didn't know him then now I do, but I didn't, I didn't then I just wanted to support a, a veteran yeah. owned whiskey company and get it in there. And you know, obviously there's no payment for it or whatever. So I put it on there, but then, so it's in there. And then it works in to the script in that by the time James Reese needs to contact Katie, she meets him at the bar drinking this. So his email address for those paying attention is Hooten Young at protonmail.com no way. so that she would see it in her thing and be like, wait, Hooten Young, that's what they were drinking at the bar type of it so so that's in there but that was not it. you know that's not like you know at coca-cola like, they, like, they, <laughs> like they're not paying anything it's just kind of hey veteran owned it, it it fits with me and yeah. that, that character and this this whole thing and yeah. so and now we're now we're friends and of course now there's that uh that whiskey right there and and just a solid dude solid company and oh, that's um, cool yeah no i love seeing people get out of the military know what they want to do be passionate about it in this case it's whiskey and cigars uh it could be building rifles could be making knives could yeah. be uh the hunting guide could be photography whatever it is i love when people identify that passion uh, yes. and then their mission in life whatever that might be and then put those two together to become their purpose going forward, building off a foundation that they built in the military, yeah. uh, both positive experiences and a lot of times negative experiences as well. But realizing that that's part of a foundation, even though there's some negative aspects to it. Mm -hmm. And it's time to build on that. Um, yes. and use even those negative experiences, uh, turn them into positives long terms by passing on lessons learned there and right. not just for myself, but for others. So it's, uh, anyway, it's, I like when people can identify that passion yeah. and really think about it and then make that part of their life going forward. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then, you know, the passion side of that carries them the, the years through when they need the resilience because the resilience piece is one of the big parts of the business, right? I'm sure whiskey company or every company we're talking about had those hard years. And I was talking yeah. last night with Glover's thing is like, man, you, it's like you have to have so much of an overage of a passion for something. Mm, otherwise, otherwise, yeah, you won't stick with it long enough. Mm. You know, I would, I would assume that going through buds, you had to have at least a passion with the idea of being a seal. Oh one yeah. Day to that drove the resilience piece of it yeah because if it was like i'm kind of interested in this yeah if you're kind of it's probably not the spot for you probably not the spot probably not your sport you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. so you have to be just that's where we talk about like with sore outdoors we talk of thin air and deep water 
it's, you know, the idea of the thin air is <clears throat> as you go higher and further and further, it will get more and more difficult to breathe. It, it just is. But what you'll also find out, there's less and less competition because less and less people could breathe the thin air. And then I've also found, as an observation, the same people keep being up on the top of those mountains. Interesting. Kind of like what we've talked about with the, the group, right? Yeah. Uh, the group of people that we've... It's like, why does... You know, some of the people you've mentioned, why does that person always seem like every place you go, like, ah, he's here too. Yeah. Again. And you go, oh, right, because he's he or she has been able to breathe the thin air. Mm. And they're very interesting and extraordinary. And they're the ones that are capable and resilient enough to keep climbing these mountains. Mm. And I find that very interesting. I get inspired by people that are high achievers. Yeah. But extraordinary people create extraordinary experiences. And then the other side of it is the deep water. When you've gone so far down the rabbit hole to where you can't see daylight anymore. When you, like, I am... Let's just call it a John Dudley in, in archery. That guy has forgotten more than I know about archery. Yeah. And you, you can't get good at it or, or rifle guys or like mm -hmm. a, a, a seal. Like you have to be so much a war fighter by the time you've been in 10 or 12 or 15 years that you've probably lost a lot of yourself, mm -hmm. I would think. Because mm -hmm. everywhere it does. If you have that much passion to go to that deep water into whatever that is, you kind of lose reality of what normalcy mm -hmm. is. But the funny part is, is when you get so far down the rabbit hole in that really, really deep water, that's where the real growth comes, which eventually those are the people that are always up on the top of that mountain. Yeah. So it's, that's where we talk about thin air and deep water. And that's why yeah. we, we look at and it's the physical manifestation of it also. Like, yeah. hey, I want to be able to climb a really high mountain. I want to be able to dive really deep and go do some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting as I see different people in my life that I look up to, I'm like, ah, oh, thin air individual that you know oh, i never heard it put like that before i like that yeah so that's kind of how i've boiled it down to mm, i gotta put that to, i gotta make a note as soon as we're done here I gotta, <laughs> that might make it into the next novel hey. i like that yeah. yeah i know exactly right i think i think I'm oh man that head. would be amazing yeah, yeah yeah so that that's that's our tagline because it, it encompasses everything but it's more of a metaphysical mindset and and again think about you know the people we keep we've 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 talked about like they are their similar names keep popping up. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? It's true. And 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 it's and it's kind of like, and it just sounds weird. Winners win. Like mm. people that are capable and could do things, they they're kind of capable people that could do things. Yeah. And no matter what you throw them into, they're generally able to breathe the thin air. But it, it's generally come from they decided to dive down down really really far. Yeah. And they're the Yoda back in the Dagobah forest that like, there it is. that you're like, oh, that's the guy you have to go see if you're yeah. going to learn this thing. Right. And uh, no one knows about him because he's so far down underground. And then that's where you learn the real stuff. And that, that's always been those rite of passage type people to, that I've always searched for. Yeah. Like, what if I go in under the tutelage of this, of this person, yeah. you know, and it's going to be different. It's going to be extraordinary. It's going to be hard and it's going to be something I've never seen before. That's exciting to me. The the mundane is not. Yeah, yeah. No, you can tell, and I love what you've been doing. I mean, I, I sincerely appreciate our friendship. And uh, some that before we go, because we're gonna go and uh, zip off and get back to Salt Lake to make sure we're yeah. there for the fights tonight. Yeah. Um, and some of these same names are gonna be there. Like I keep saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, we'll see Josh Smith tonight, right? Yeah. So Josh and Remy Warren. 
and uh, Evan and I are going to the fight, so I'm sure we'll see yeah. you and and yeah. uh, Joe and again, all the same Crazy. names keep popping up, same and names. and I get we'll go there and there'll be five or yeah. ten other like oh yeah yeah cool. of course you're here yep. Totally. Yeah, that's how it was last time. It was pretty, pretty cool. Um, but when you think of Summer Strong, Winter Strong, uh, business, everything you've built over the last, uh, you know, well, a long time now, but what are some of those lessons that you, uh, you think are the most impactful or most important that you've incorporated either into the business side of the house or your personal side of the side of the house? I think that it kind of what I was saying, that extraordinary people create extraordinary experiences. And and I want extraordinary experiences out of life. I want my customer base to have an extraordinary mm. experience. So that sets the stage. That okay. sets the bar of like, okay, then we're going to have to create an extraordinary customer experience through gear, through, through the um, uh, service, so whatever mm. it is. And not everyone's going to get it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's okay. But when you go after those deep water people, yeah. those thin air people, and give people a potential pathway to become those people themselves, yeah, like that, that in my opinion is the business model um, to become the go-to guys for the go-to guys. Like that, that's kind of where, where mm-hmm. it is. And yes, it is, it, is it steel and rectangles and bolts? And yeah, that's the simple part of it. Just mm-hmm. like your, your pages are white pages with little black, Mm-hmm. letters on them you know but the magic is something different and 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 maybe i just think of it maybe too romantically but i i no, see it as that's what i want to create yeah. and because i think it could be more it could be you know physical manifestation of stress and struggle that's like why well, my hat says struggle well like yeah. life yeah yeah life is a struggle like you're never gonna yeah. don't I mean, expect not to get hit don't yeah. expect it not to be a struggle yeah i mean you are doing considerably better than you are than you were 10 years ago but i they're different struggles they're they're you know I talk to, we have a group we call the strugglers it's actually our kids and three or four dads we have all of our kids we bring them in and we take them into my cave and we train them and like a little mentor a gogi and we call it the strugglers mm-hmm. the idea is you're never going to grow out of being a struggler yeah you don't and one of the kids are like ah, now that we're getting better it could be the almost theirs you know yeah. it's like no, so we stopped the kids. We said, hey, who here thinks that one day you'll meet the perfect woman, you'll get the perfect job, you'll make good money, you'll do this, and life will be happily ever after? And all the kids raised their hand, and all the dads raised their hands as of, this is what I was told. Mm. And I was like, it's a lie. Mm. It's, a, it's a lie. There's There will always be something. Yeah. I mean, whether it's a... Life's going to throw a curveball. Yeah, or there's a family illness, or there's a disability, or there's a... There's oh, yeah. all of us are going to struggle. Even even if fame and and success carries with it its mm-hmm. own set of problems, and it's and it's not being a woe is me. It's just realize that mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to to clock in and yeah. just go. Oh, we're on easy street. I hear pretty oh, bad yeah. guys. Yeah, boy, we're gonna, you know, we'll we'll hit it big and we'll go on easy street. What the where's yeah. easy street? Yeah, I've yet to exist. find it. Yeah. And so if the goal of that always is like, then just learn to struggle well. Yeah, I like if, it. If that's the if that's all you, if you struggle know this, well, yeah. I like it. If if it's coming, yeah. The only thing you could do is learn to struggle well. Have you tried the Jack Carr Hooten Young Warrior Proof Whiskey? If not, I highly recommend it. If you don't know Hooten Young, check them out at hootenyoung.com. It was started by Norm Hooten and Tim Young, and born of a love of whiskey and cigars.
If Norm Hooten sounds familiar, it may be because you recognize the name from the film Black Hawk Down, where Delta Force operator Hoot was portrayed by Eric Bana. You might have caught two references to Hooten Young in the Terminal List Amazon Prime video series. It's the whiskey James Reese and Boozer are drinking in episode one. You can't fake aged whiskey. My Jack Carr Hooten Young collaboration has aged 16 years. It's 125 proof and bottled straight from the barrel. This Jack Carr warrior-proof American whiskey turned out better than I could have possibly imagined. As Norm says, Hooten Young was created to help folks slow down, bond with the people around them, and remember those who are no longer here. Go to hootenyoung.com and get your hands on a bottle today. That's H-O-O-T-E-N-Y-O-U-N-G.com. The, the mission behind it, and a friend of mine came up, Luke Day, the strength and conditioning coach of South Carolina, he came up with it when he was fired from a job, was making good money, got fired, and was working as a low man on the totem pole at a at a concrete company. Okay, and he's sitting there thinking, okay, I was making great money last year. I was a head of a football, you know, blah blah blah. And he is now I'm getting dog cussed every day on a West Virginia concrete deal. And he's like, I rethought how I rethought coaching, how mm. communication with people, mentorship, what I, what my values were, what my hard stops were. Mm. And it kind of came back to like looking at a man and it's interesting. Um, he's like, who did we want to be when we were 10? Mm -hmm. And we, he, he created a company called Manchild, And it was <laughs> like, when we were kids, who did we want to be? Not only, invocation and you know in our recreation but what were our virtues what were our you know and you look in what you did in your life and what you're continuing to do you're doing a 10 year old version of that yep exactly you know and 100%. it's like that is success money isn't success fame isn't success if you were five years old and you wanted to be helpful to your friends or mm. be a good dad or be mm. like whatever like and if you could get close to that now like that's the goal yeah that's the goal to 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 and it, it was before the world took either said you couldn't either said you need yeah. to settle down yeah. you need to go get good grades you need to go like all the bullshit they feed you all the stuff they say you can't do in life mm -hmm. all the stuff they said you need to stop dreaming you need to you need to go get a real job. You need to go, you can't go be a warfighter. You can't go build strength equipment. You can't do a podcast. You can't, whatever the hell they say. Like, who were you when you were your purest form right before you kind of weren't, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you're old enough to start making decisions of and see the world in a way and you're still young enough to still be a kid. Mm -hmm. And the kind of the idea of like, oh, that's that's the idea of, of the, the man of the man child, but then also the key of the whole thing is just to learn to struggle well and to keep that that heart in what you're doing, and then you're going to struggle like you do at times. Both of us do, but we're getting to be the version. If a ten year old Bert saw me now, he would look up to me. Oh, that's awesome! And he would go, "Hey, you did it! Mm -hmm. You did the things! Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you wanted to run around in the woods." And sneak around and wear camo and go on adventures and be with friends around a mm -hmm. fire and have and have neat friends that you could be there for mm -hmm. and maybe be capable and big and strong and mm -hmm. a leader, like all these things you wanted to be at 10. Mm -hmm. You did it. And that's the goal. 
like that's the goal and the manifestation of how we do it through our jobs or whatever that mm-hmm. is like that's it and i and i think so many men and women forget who they wanted to be and they go to what the world told them they needed to be or the society said that they needed to have this or do this and they're pissed off and they're mad and they're angry and they're stressed and they don't even know they even know that i mean i think that's where a midlife crisis comes because you go who the hell am i what am i doing and mm. then people start chasing it with substance and wrecked relationships and all that other mm-hmm. stuff and and so that's where i look and i i that's why you and i i think we fit so well because it's very very obvious that we're living our man child life in some ways yeah and however going from looking up to sylvester stallone to talking to sylvester stallone yeah. and getting to go hey this is the triggers that hit and and then to know that i have an effect on target with him that's mm. wild crazy and then to know that yeah you're writing a book that he knows about that's like oh that's cool yeah like that's huge that's wild that's wild right yeah so that's that's the stuff that really gets oh, me excited um yeah. because i think if you could i think it was a tia in a podcast the other day uh he was talking i can't i think it was with jocko um and he was talking about being old when you're old and when you're young and yeah. like, and they were talking, it was, was it in a chronological or a biological or a, it was, if you are looking forward to things and dreaming, you're still young. Mm. If you're looking back predominantly remembering the old times, you're old. Ooh. And I go, Oh wow. That's it. Wow. That's the definition. Yeah. If you're still dreaming, looking forward to adventures, mm. you're young. Because you you're seeing, I have time. I have, I have drive still. I'm pushing forward still. If you're looking back, that means you feel like you're at the end of your movie, and the only thing there is to do is to watch the reruns. Oh man! And and that's where I kind of jokingly like, I want to die a young man a long time from now. Like that's the goal. The the goal is to be dreaming of the next strategy tactic mm. adventure whatever as as long as till i clock out and and that's where you know fitness and weightlifting and all mm. that stuff comes in because that's my insurance policy is how do mm-hmm. i get to do this as long as possible yeah and then extraordinary experiences come from extraordinary people so if i'm around a lot of thin air people then life is generally going to be more interesting mm-hmm there's going to be more opportunity and I don't mean financial opportunity, but there's opportunity of, for instance, I got a call from Josh Smith and says, Hey, you want to go to the UFC fight? Mm-hmm. Sure. That's an opportunity that I wouldn't generally get. And I said, well, if I'm going to go to Salt Lake all the way out there, I'm going to call my friend, Mike Glover, and I'm going to call my friend, Jack Carr. And then we get to do this. Yeah. And so I look and go, gosh, like, my extraordinary friends have created an extraordinary life. It does. It is not lost on me that I'm sitting on a on a top of a mountain with a New York Times bestseller, one of my favorite authors, probably my favorite author, a patriot, and someone I look up to. And I get to call you a friend. I get to have a really great conversation, and then we get to connect and realize our lives are very similar in many ways. But we get to learn how they're different too. Like those are all wildly extraordinary experiences. I kind of joke, I go, if I have to be really good at making steel rectangles for that to happen, mm-hmm. okay. 
like, okay, that sounds like a great cover yeah. charge. That's actually pretty fun. And you're the best at it. No doubt. Oh, man, Just look around, look, look around at all the, the, the gyms and all the people we can't talk about who have them as well. Who, uh, man, I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh man, I that's awesome. It. And yeah. I love what you said about the 10 year old version of yourself because, uh, so at age seven, I found out about seals, uh, military was in my DNA. Just in my blood, but, uh, seven, I found out about seals. So I knew that would be the path. And then you know uh, it, right age 10, that though, is when I stopped reading the young adult fiction. I think I still, there was, oh, that was the transition year from young adult <laughs> fiction. Let's say like, uh, the Farley Moets, like the never cry wolf and the yeah. lost in the barons and, and that sort of a thing, uh, into the kind of books my parents were reading. That's mm-hmm. when hunt for Red October came out. Uh, then by sixth grade, 11, uh, certainly it's only the same kind of books that I read and write today. Um, it, uh, so six, uh, sixth grade, 11 years old, that's when I was, so that's the trend. So fifth grade is a trans and guess what else came out? Uh, fifth grade summer red dawn. You got it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. Another connection right there. I mean, you know, Milius wrote, uh, the, um, monologues for hunt for red October for Sean Connery too. Did he really? Yeah. Not, is that in that movie? Is that the Millius movie? It's wild. Gosh, I got to watch that. It's tonight. bonkers. Yeah. I got to come home from UFC tonight at like 1 a.m. and yeah. watch that. Yeah. I got to watch it on Sunday. But, yeah. but is, isn't it crazy? Like all those things happened roughly at that time. Yeah. And who you are was fully cemented oh, yeah. pretty much by 11. Oh, yeah. It's like that. I know I'm going to write. Uh, and then I find out. Then Rambo First Blood Part 2 comes out that next summer. Dude. And uh, now I'm reading the book. By David Morrell, and then I'm finding the first Blood book and the first Blood movie, and yeah. then I'm reading all these other books in this genre. Um, finding Nelson DeMille, finding all the J.C. Pollock and Mark Olden, and all these guys, and uh, I'm reading those and realizing that oh yeah, once I've finished my time in the military, because even back then I know I'm not going to be in the military forever. Then I'm going to write, and I'm going to write books like these. So yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, how old are you now? Uh, high forties? Let's just we can go with that. That's okay. Good. But then you look at that and go, gosh, that's a, an almost a 40-year plan that came together. Love it when a plan comes for, together. For, right. <laughs> but you think about like how odd. That's super rare. Yeah. And I, I think that's the perfect version of a man-child. Like who you wanted to be, you actually went out and manifested and did it. The 10-year-old Jack would probably love reading your books. I think so. And the 10-year-old probably would like if you were able to look at yourself now, you're like, Hey, it worked. Yeah, it worked. And, and, and I think part of that is, I mean, I wouldn't say that's ultimate joy, but if what every man wants to be close, it's not far off. Right. Mm -hmm. What every man wants to know is, am I good enough? Mm. I mean, that's the hole in their heart basically, or that, am I good enough? Mm. That's why we do sports. That's why many times we test. It's always a test. I mean, Wars, everything, yeah. you know, am I good enough? And generally yeah. a female is, do you see me? Huh. And so those are the two, the two operating systems. And so like, I think what most men fight with is they question that constantly. Huh. And I think very few men can probably look at the tail of the tape and go, good job, mm. good job. And it's, and it's, it's rare. It's rarer than it should be. Um, I wish more people could experience that. And I'm not saying rest on your laurels and be complacent, but mm-hmm. at, at times if you if you do succeed and you know, I've had to mentor some guys and one of my friends was <clears throat> dealing with substance abuse for thirty years. Mm. He was drunk or high every single day of his life from seventeen until forty one, forty two. Wow. That's a that's a solid that, run. That's a run. 
Yeah. And, and I have known him for almost all of that and yeah. didn't realize it became so normal. I didn't even realize like, ah, you've had a couple of beers. Like, Oh, he had 30. Wow. Today. Um, and then that's an know, investment right there. It's an investment, right? So life was totally falling apart. And then, so part of what, what we had to do with him, we just kind of like backed, you know, it was, to, it was getting out of hand, like to the mm. point where there was, I wouldn't say clacking off, but like it was, um, a slow version of that mm-hmm. very with, without any breaks on it. And we had to like stop it and go, hold on a second. I know. Yes. There's all these bad things. There's all this stuff, mm-hmm. but like, let's focus on all the, the checkpoints that mm-hmm. you, that you have one. Let's look at, let's do a tally of the wins. And I think if most men, and I've done that a number of times, mentoring some people, if most men could stop focusing on all the things that went horribly wrong and focus on the things that went remarkably mm-hmm. right, and, and write them down on a list. And you look at it, and, and then if you say, if you were most men on earth and you had these attributes and successes, mm-hmm. do you think most people would be really stoked to have that? And the answer is generally yes. Yeah. But it's so hard to see the forest for the trees when you're in the fight, you know, right. you're in the shit. And I like, let's pull that away for a minute. And I like I told him, buddy, I go, you're strangely still healthy. <laughs> like, I don't know how. <laughs> you have a wife. You have two beautiful kids. You have a house. You live in America during this era of time. It's a based on, based on that mm-hmm. alone, you have gainful employment. Based on that alone, you're in 1% of 1% of 1% of the population of humans that have ever lived on this earth. Mm-hmm. You have a car. Yeah. You have a phone. You have air conditioning. You have food whenever you want it. Like, let's look at like the real basal level yeah. of like the wild successes you have in right. human history, and work off of that. Right. Okay. Probably you don't need to do cocaine every day. Mm. Okay. We could change that. Yeah. Well, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and realize, you know, by worrying about this side of it or not facing it or just digging in you're losing time with your kids that Mm -hmm. people would kill to have two healthy beautiful kids Mm -hmm. at seven years old the perfect age and you have them sitting right there and you're pissing it away Mm -hmm. and so it's weird to kind of go that route but a lot of times if you do a lot of people have a lot more than they think they have Mm -hmm. and and i think it's at times it's okay for them to go to accept the good job, yeah. to accept the, yeah, things are okay. Because I right. think we have to have those wins. We have to have those wins as men. Or or you're always chasing, am I good enough? Right. And, and the stress response of that, the, the sympathetic stress response, the fight or flight of mm-hmm. the always running, I think that's where the, the stress diseases come in and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's not saying, again, you don't sit on the couch and just say, I'm the, I'm the man. But it's okay to be okay sometimes so man i love it <laughs> struggle well <laughs> yeah man, awesome i'm gonna go listen to that last part and can incorporate that into a portion of the novel <laughs> yes. yeah i think that's i know i know where it's gonna go i think oh that's amazing but uh yeah man well we're gonna do something in this room i think we're gonna change this into the gym so be i a- think we put some uh some glass here yep. doors open up here we soar next this thing out and yep. um 
can we keep some bows on the walls so I can like, shoot in here? It's like snow and blizzard outside. Out yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. Just launch it right from in here yes. out there. I think. Um, yeah, I think we do a couple it's things like that. Hard to beat. This is about as cool as it gets. I kind of still want to keep this in here just because of yeah. the coolness effect. Man, I know, but it was supposed to not be a. It's supposed to actually work. Right. And, uh, but in order to work, it would have to be between us by code. So just because yeah. of the size, it just means you, need, you could walk around it. It just, yeah. But that's the one thing that kind of works me a little some bit. Other way. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's super cool. Like, or if you could make it do something else. It seems like it should be fine with rock behind it. Like it don't, I don't you think it's going to catch anything so. on fire, but I think by code, even with the rock, it has to be, I think the rock has to be there and it has to be here. Really? I think. Huh. But maybe I should get a second opinion or something because it would be cool to That's to keep cool. it. But uh, but I like things that work. I don't like props. I yeah, like that I, same. Yeah, I I've, I'm a, I don't like fake wood floors. I don't yeah. like fake anything. If, yeah. if if I'd rather just run it. Yeah, run it exactly. I mean, it's a real stove. Maybe do. I mean, maybe you can do a gas thing that does put off some. You know, and yeah. that's probably legal. I don't know. Yeah, the wood, the wood's pretty freaking cool, though. I know. <laughs> it'll be. Awesome. I wanted it to be a real thing. You know. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have like a little, you know, mm. kettle of water on there, yeah. like a little pan of eggs, and you're eating. Exactly. You're, so we have something like that at a at a cabin. Yeah. Elsewhere that I love with an old wood burning stove. Oh, so oh it's cool. it's awesome. But uh, but for this one, and you know, with video, somebody's gonna for sure. Let let the authorities know that uh, this is not to code, and uh, they'll be sure and let me know in the comments. Cyber care. Send somebody up here, probably you know who knows. So It'll be just like ATF might tang along yeah, too. You yeah, know? yeah. You, just, you have the the SWAT guys Jeez. come in, yeah, just like in what exactly. the start of the last book. Man, exactly. Luckily, I know a lot of the uh, the sheriff and police guys up yeah, here. So you like, got to know who who they are. Yeah, that's a key. Yeah, you know, At least you know, the I mean, everyone always says like, oh, you got to worry about them. Well, who's they? Mm-hmm. Make sure they is squared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah somebody would notice this uh yeah, anyway exactly. but yeah we'll do that we'll get this thing all squared yeah. away and right now outside i have the off the grid yep one but off it needs to rack. wasn't put in exactly right so yeah. i think i'm gonna have to dig that thing up and re-put yeah, it in just a, little, it. a little wide a little wide yeah it's a little 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 wide laces out just need to put it yeah needs a little little bit yeah. of that but it's still a but, cool spot yeah it's a good it, spot it's a good spot i could see the use of it for sure uh-huh but I would definitely, this would be a, a more mm. functional space. Kind of, we talked about just the ability to get in here quick and hit mm-hmm. it when you're, you can leave stuff set up. And, yep. you know, kind of like we we're saying about lifting before, it's like, you know, if you have to do a lot of setup, a lot of times you're just, you're burning your time and you could break yourself off in 20 minutes if you yeah. put 20 minutes of hard, concise, programmed yeah. work in. And that, that allows you to do it. I mean, you're busier than most people I know. So, well, I feel very fortunate. There's a there's a lot going on right now, which is awesome. I love yeah. it. I love it all. It's great. Yeah, when you have like a giant show on Amazon and books stuff. that everyone and by the way that you sign the random books in the airport is, <laughs> is, is great. I love like, doing that. That stuff integrating, connecting with your your customer base yeah. constantly. That is. Thank you for doing yeah. that. that oh, is, I love it. It's my pleasure. And authors couldn't have done that. Let's say 1985. We're right. talking about 1985. Couldn't have done that back then because there's no, I mean, you could have signed them, but there was no way to reach that larger audience or get people excited right. about, oh, I'm flying through that airport. I'm going to track one of these things down or, you know, me saying, oh, I, I, it's here, it's somewhere in Terminal A, you know, and then people will hunt them down, you know, which is kind of cool. That's so, so I would assume every time you do it within an hour, someone has it. Uh, let's see. Generally, the case. Uh, I don't know because I don't go back uh, yeah. unless I'm flying in and out. Posted. Or yeah, not all of them, but okay. uh, like sometimes I, I have flown back the next day and they're gone, but nobody's posted, 
And then other times people will post, you know, two or three people will post that they, that they found them. So it all, you know, it all depends. It's like Willie Walker know? golden ticket stuff. It's fun. That's yeah. what you ought to do. You ought to have like some kind of card or coin and yeah. that like gets like a, a dinner with Jack Carr or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, what, what was it? What would I give away? I did that December of 2020. December of 2020, uh, yeah, my wife came home and uh, she's doing all the merch at that time. And so there are boxes everywhere, t-shirts, hats, and she's doing customer service. She's printing the labels. She's doing all that stuff. Um, I'm writing these little cards for each one and putting my, my stamp with a, with a, with a, oh, yeah. a wax seal on yeah. every single one for the first two years. But uh, so she came back and she's like, what are all these things? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I'm giving out a, a thousand free packages um, of uh, it, it comes in a cross tomahawk little bag or package, and inside is a let's see a sticker, a, um, a signed book plate, a bracelet, uh, a couple other things. There's like yeah. four or five things in there, and she's like, wait, um, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna it's gonna be a lot of work, but I'm just gonna sign them and get them in the. She's like, you know how long it takes me to print out a thousand labels with Christmas coming up and with all these things. And so, but part of that was, I think there was five maybe golden tickets in there. So a thousand of these oh, things wow. that I just sent out for, for, for all you had to do is just sign up, whatever, sign up. And uh, so I sent these out to a thousand people, uh, but there was, oof, I think five golden tickets. And I think at that time you got, I was something. And I think it was maybe all the books signed or something um, that you'd win if you got the golden ticket, one of the five golden tickets. So I, so so I did do something like that at some point, but uh, that was close one with my, with my wife. She's like, do you know how long? Like what? I thought you just, I don't know. You just print the thing. I don't know. But yeah, you just print it out and it's it. No, it was a lot of work. The kids almost didn't have Christmas that year. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Kids almost did not have Christmas. That was a, uh, uh, we got them all out though in time for Christmas and then got the winners there. Uh, oh, that's cool. Stack of books. Yeah, I always love how you time. do those, those, when you send those boxes with the book, like I'm always blessed to get them and I'm always appreciative and it's just pure class. And you Thank saw, you. I, I keep it in my, Thank you. Yeah, my so gun cool. room. It's, it's definitely like, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. Oh man. Yeah. I liked it. Hey, you know what, how do, how do people launch a book? Oh, usually these books arrive in a manila envelope and okay. But, uh, how do you launch a new Red Bull product? How does Apple, why is getting my iPhone such a different experience than getting my old Blackberry? Well, because as much thought went into that packaging and that box yes. as went into the actual phone itself. So that packaging is a supporting effort, a supporting element to the yes. actual phone. And the phone has to be the best product that it can possibly be. Yes. But guess what? Everything else has to be at the commensurate level of that product. So uh, I hadn't seen anybody do that in publishing before. So that's when I started doing the, the boxes. So it gives people that maybe uh, also want to help, like, making it easy for them. Everyone's so busy, but if someone's so busy and they want to get your book and hold it up or whatever, or maybe send in the manila envelope or whatever, but now you've made it a little more exciting and they know wow. how much, especially if they're in, have any touch point with marketing and advertising and brand building, Dude. they know how much work goes into doing those every year. Oh. And so they appreciate it and then they share it. And so, and, but I'd say more than half go to people who don't have any social media presence. They're just uh, thank cool. yous. Yeah. They're just thank yous to people. That's cool. So, I always bring mine in to work the next day and I show my marketing team. I was like, He's still doing it. Nice. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I love doing that. And then the shoot through ones as well. But yeah, most of them go to people who have no social media presence at all. It's just thank you for X, Y, or Z. And then, uh, you know, other, other ones go to people who I remember were like first followers on yeah. Instagram when I had 
sold any books and no didn't come from any background in sports or politics or whatever else to have any sort of a following and so i'll send them out to you know people as well that uh that have you know zero well five followers ten followers yeah. that sort of a thing just as a as a thank you uh That's for cool. uh, jumping on board early and uh and i really do appreciate that just so like your 10 year old self would have wanted hey <laughs> kind of, you know, just uh, just trying to trying to look at it like I would the battle space, and uh, yeah. and also try to be you know thoughtful and appreciative because it's it's I truly do appreciate those people yeah. like ten followers, but hey, they got my book first book first week, and they posted to those ten people, um, yeah. and so that mean a lot. That meant a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think when you're going to have like first edition books like are going to be super collectible? And it's crazy right now. So Mystery Mike, uh, and he's out of Indianapolis, and he gets because uh, now all those all those uh, paperbacks that I read back in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, high school, um, I'm tra now tracking down signed first editions of those oh, types cool. of books. And so Mystery Mike, that's his. That's what he does. And uh, oh, cool. and so he's like, do you know how much a signed copy of first edition of this is going for? And he's like, six hundred bucks. I still have a paperback, little paperback of First Blood that I read nice. when I was early. There's a lot of editions of that because it yeah. hasn't been out of print since 1972. That's what you were saying. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, David Morrell. The kids haven't watched that one yet. The boys haven't. They've, they've gone Red Dawn. We went Ghost in the Darkness the other day. It was, nice. It was, it was a good, okay. good thriller. But Was yeah. it good for them, for their age? Yeah, yeah. They, they and, I, and there's actually a, um, a thing called Vid Angel. Have you seen uh -huh. that? So it's an app. It's really cool. And you could scrub anything out of anything what wild fantastic fantastic jeez so yeah you could go into it you could you could you know hit a, and it'll say it has like 220 whatever i can't remember what they call them but potentials and you're like i want to take all the profanity out of red dawn well, right you hit it and it just and it tells you what it took out right and then you're like all right i'm good with that a seven-year-old yeah maybe, and uh this guy getting blown up i'm gonna take that out and this yeah. good boom you hit it cast up to the tv crank it ah uh, interesting and so like you know especially for the younger like yeah you know I, or if it's okay for the older kid but the younger one wants to watch too that was the kind of because the older and you're like well i got my five-year-old here and there's then and my 15 year old or 10 year old or right. whatever and, and you're you like, still get the uh, premise of everything and mm -hmm. it's a, still a great oh, movie or whatever but you're like ah, i could scrub these one or two you know like a sex scene out or something like that and you're like ah, there's that's not a point to do that eight years old mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like uh, let's let's scrub that and that and like hey let's let's watch it because this still has a great message and a cool yeah. movie. And when they're 15, 16, 17, 18, yeah, get yeah, out of yeah. That. Then you watch uh, the the real yeah. deal one, but you know it's uh, it's a vid angel. It's a thing I heard about. Oh, interesting. It, it's, it's a good parental tool. Yeah, it's right. Take some so, control. So, yes, I already like downloaded. You know, First Blood, Rambo, Hunt for Red October. Like, and I just okay. There's pop. nothing too bad in Hunt for Red October, is there? No, no. He, he took out some F's and GDs and uh, stuff like that. And it's like all right, cool. I mean, not needed for context yeah. for a little kid, but rock and roll. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Oh man. So it's, it was a it was a neat thing. It, it definitely opened up our viewing choices. Okay. You know, because before it's like I don't want to watch another whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but the, my, my kids do like MacGyver. Nice. I need to start doing that MacGyver yeah. with the kids. Oh, yeah. It's it's hilarious. I so I, I kind of think just, he shoots an AK in episode one. You know how they always say MacGyver never used a gun. He does. I remember him shooting an AK in episode one. Episode one, he certainly uh -huh. did. So yeah, my kids it's probably if I'm thinking back, I haven't seen it since mm -hmm. let's say when did it come out? Eighty five, eighty six, somewhere in there, eighty six. Um, like did he not like rig it somehow to shoot, I think, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go yeah. back now and try to find it. I seem to remember it that he shoots from the hip. Uh huh. And then that's gonna be totally wrong because I'm going back now. I'm going back to 1986 in my right, mind. Right. Right. And then I think he takes a um, 
a, a flare gun and he hammers it so that the flare won't come out. And then he shoots himself off, off the, cliff the cliff so that Dude, he can do the base. You have a wonderful, yeah, so. you have a wonderful memory because that's what he does. Is that it? Yes. I think that's it. He used it. the knife for something. I can't remember. But yeah, he cl- he rock climbed up onto the top of this thing. Does he have somebody with him? I can't remember if he has yeah, he, escaping he, with somebody. He escaped. Yeah, he, he t- took out a, maybe it was a, a pilot that was like held as a POW. Um, that was the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my mm-hmm. kids dug it. And uh, so they're, they're it's kind of hilarious. My kids are, I, I kind of decided I want to raise my kids like they're in the 70s. Yeah. And so my kids watch, my little ones watch Leave It to Beaver. They love Leave no It to Beaver. Way. It's just hilarious. Uh, they watch Flipper. And oh. uh, and they watch uh, MacGyver. Nice. I was like hey, solid lineup right there. Solid lineup for man. little kids, man. Yeah, yeah, maybe in a couple of years, introduce some uh, some Magnum and oh for sure, throw some A Team in there, some Simon and Simon. Exactly. Yeah, Riptide. Um, Air, yeah, Airwolf. Yeah, exactly. Get those going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, throw some missing in actions in there. Um, part one and two, two is a little bit better. Yeah, Braddock three, yeah, three. Yeah, so that's kind of the move. It's like, but I had to figure out how to curtail those yeah. things into. I think Jaws, I, I was able to 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 run as well. I was worried about Jaws because I didn't want him to be freaked out of the water. Yeah, that, I haven't gone that route either because yeah. we live on the lake, and I saw Jaws when I was a kid, oh, and, yeah. and it freaked me yeah, out like yeah. pretty bad. But it was like when you're. HBO's at your house like in the early 80s yeah. and, and my mom taught the cable guy we were too many we, choices yeah we didn't have enough money to actually buy cable but like the cable guy hooked it up because my mom taught him earlier mm-hmm. so I got HBO as a kid and like you know early wow. child so you got to watch all those cool Red Dawn and everything nice. all the time and I watched Jaws and Jaws 3 that that summer is the that one, in the in the, the park, 3D in the park? Yeah, the park uh-huh yeah and so I watched it like every day and we lived in the suburbs at that time. And then so when I eventually got where I was like going to the lake, I was terrified because you know how like the wake of a boat kicks back and it looks like a dorsal fin uh, would be there. Okay. And so I just always assumed there know. was a shark right behind your Especially boat. Especially after Jaws 3. It, they can get anywhere. Jaws 3, yeah. I mean, you could be skiing in the park. I mean, you just don't know. Of, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I haven't gone the Jaws route with him yet. Wow. <laughs> Well, we did take our little guy this last year to Pearl Harbor, oh, uh, cool. Punch Bowl, USS Missouri, and did a shark dive out there with him, oh, uh, just snorkeling. But uh, so I have some really cool pictures of him diving down and sh- with the sharks and, and that sort of thing. But it was, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. I but probably he had not have, seen Jaws. Yeah, I need to have my kids see that first. I'll show you. Or, I mean, or do that first before they go. Yeah. I think they'd still be kind of okay with it. Yeah. So. Well, while we were there, guess what? A surfer got chomped while we were there. Like the, I don't know if it was the day that we did that shark dive. The day that we did the shark dive, a girl somewhere, it was a college girl. Um, gosh, where was she? I'm going to mess it up. Let's say it was a South Pacific or Maldives. Anyway, not sure exactly where. The same day we get back and my wife was like, did you see what happened here? Shark, shark uh, dive tour. Girl got chomped. There's a lot of shark attacks recently, aren't there? It seems like that. This summer, I remember mm-hmm. there was like a shark attack summer about 10 years ago. And this summer, there seems to be a lot of attacks, uh, but also like really, really close calls. Like, I think everyone has their phones now. So you're seeing like yeah, a hammerhead. So it might be within, that. But it's just really weird. I don't know if it's the lack of shark fishing yeah. now and the years of and then more people and the whole deal, or if it was like one of those yeah. weird hot summers or cool whatever that pushes the sharks probably a few things and we could be totally wrong and some shark person listening to this will be like these guys but um i mean yeah probably a lot there's that those factors i'm sure but then also i think and i may be wrong back in let's say 1960 
if somebody got bitten by a shark in Southern California or Hawaii, I think like the fishing fleets would go out and would slay. Yeah, like in I Jaws. Think, and I think that's how it was until not that long ago. Right, and I think that, you know what I just thought of? Could it be the case that people have like watches, Apple watches and things like that that have an electrical potential know. you know it could mean sharks run off what was the ampullae of lorenzini the little dots in their face oh i gotta watch more of, shark week yeah runs off of uh the electrical impulses and you wonder like why is it more or is it just there's more sharks we don't screw with them as much mm. um so, well grizzly attacks what did i what did i see the other day gosh who did that anyway it was in the last 19 years i think there's only been one year and once again the bear person might correct me but the generally <laughs> uh so i what what I saw was over the last 19 years, there's only been one year where there hasn't been a deadly grizzly attack in, in or around Yellowstone. Mm. Um, and uh, so uh, the person saying this, and I can't remember exactly who it was, was like, hey, you know, when that used to happen, guess what? Would Hunters would go out and they would kind of take care of, of business, which made it easier to kill grizzlies the ones that were killed first or the ones that were yeah. killed before everybody came back in. So the ones that are eating out of the trash cans and coming yeah. out of the campgrounds and doing all that stuff because they're, they're, they're curious and they're coming they're the in. Ones that have lost and so their... you're out there, boom. And so you had, but I think it was still regulated. So anyway, you're doing this regulated thing in Yellowstone, in and around Yellowstone, grizzlies, because the ones that you'll take, the ones that you'll run into first yep. will be the ones that are more curious and more aggressive. And what you want is to train them to run away from humans. Exactly. Well, we, we experienced that in um, the lakes in South Carolina with alligators. 67 years we went with no alligator season. So from the end of World War II to 2008. Wow. No alligator was killed besides by the Department of Natural Resources under like specific things. Yeah. You'd have 10, 12, 13, 14, not 13, 13s for sure. Foot gators, 1,000-pound gators swimming up to boats, ski boats in the middle of the day just because no one screwed with them. For 67 years, no one screwed with them, and they weren't afraid of anything. And people getting their dogs eaten. Uh, one guy got his arm ripped off, like all kinds of stuff, right? <sighs> so the first year they opened gator season, holy crap, it was awesome. Like wow. we were, we were, you know, everyone that went was like yearly seeing monsters. And I killed a 12, four, my dad killed a 12, two, like Jeez. just giants, world-class monsters. Wow. I just pulled a tag. This is like 15 years later. I just pulled a tag. I talked to my cousin who used to guide down there. I was like, Hey man, you think get us on the gators? Like, dude, they're sketchy now. I go, I go, but we only killed, you're only, you're allowed to kill a thousand a year and you have a hundred thousand in the state. So it was 1% wow. gave tags. And there's only a 40% success rate. So you're only killing, you know, less a point, <coughs> 0.4% of the population. They go, yeah. yeah, but all the big aggressive bulls either got killed or they got smart and they all went way back in the swamp because they know boats mean they're going to get screwed with. Mm. So you kind of solve the problem of hmm. habituate, habituated okay. gators. Either the big ones that weren't afraid of people, they got they got murked day you know day one, or all the other if they're thirteen fourteen footers they're they're way back in the swamp they ain't fooling yeah. people anymore so kind of sucks gator hunting's hard again wow. <laughs> but for those first couple of years it was like Game I mean on. it would be like if you went out and there's three hundred four hundred four hundred inch bulls everywhere because mm -hmm. it's just where they are but once they get killed and, yeah. and they didn't have to kill that many before all of them went uh, okay. boats come around you better Outta dive. Here. Yeah, and you used to be able to just swim. You know, you used to be able to. We take boats and slip up to them and hit them with your bow and harpoon wow. them, and that was that. 
it was it was rad. Yeah. It was super fun. But now I was like, I don't even know if I want to go out for my tag because I don't have, you know, weeks to go screw around chasing around a lizard. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and uh, alligator meat's pretty good for those who haven't had it. Yeah, it's real good. You yeah, season it a little, little seasoning on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had alligator last week. It was fantastic. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, if you want an alligator hunt during September, come down. Oh man, wow. I know you have so much. Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah, so September's a September's a busy month, so yeah. that's coming up here pretty soon. I'm locking down. I think all of September, just right. Yeah, like everything is off the is off the calendar just to just to write. Sure, and uh, get as much done as I can. Hope before hopefully we start uh, getting back to work on the show. So, yeah, I hope that too. I, I need to. It's looking good. It's looking good. Just get through the writer strike and and all that and and. Uh, soon as that's over we'll pick pencils back up get back to work and Good. and get this thing going you know if you need extra to, to kill or or uh, absolutely or fight, uh, absolutely <laughs> well we might need some uh yeah I wonder, I wonder, what happened to all the equipment anyway somebody's probably in somebody's garage but uh yeah we'll have to get that stuff and get it out to the new uh new location um, be cool and get it in the back get it in, at least in the background but i think this time we're gonna actually oh we're gonna shouldn't say too much but we're gonna need some workouts but there's like actual Scene. training yeah yeah perfect yeah so i'll talk we'll talk about that here in a minute i know a guy yeah <laughs> awesome dude well thank you so much thank for coming you. up this is awesome always great to see you Likewise. and uh yeah we have the rest of the day and, and this evenings at the yeah. fight so um yeah man we'll do that and then hopefully we'll get out in the mountains one of these uh one of these years soon that would be great or yeah. even if you have uh Summer strong or winter strong for oh, yeah, your schedule man. sometime. Uh, I'm going to train up for it. I'm going to train up for it. I want to get that surprise workout as part of uh, the, the SIG Hunter games. Yeah. Like, uh, whew. but uh, but now I have those bands outside. Yeah. Like, so yeah. show me those and okay. and uh, I need to start start getting after it. Yeah, hit, here, so. hit the old nurse waves out there and yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, just do that for ten minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, get a little something. A little something. Awesome. Thanks man. for having awesome. me. Hey, man. thanks so much for everything. Yes, sir. Oh, take care. I've been a fan of Black Rifle Coffee Company since their inception. I love when veterans leave the military and pursue their passion. In this case, coffee. The coffee is fantastic, and as an added benefit, the company is built on quality, patriotism, and giving back to the veteran and first responder communities. I've been a subscriber to the BRCC Coffee Club for years and love it. My favorite is Silencer Smooth. It gets delivered every single month. The Black Rifle Coffee Club. Being part of the club gives you the power to elevate your coffee experience to the next level. The Black Rifle Coffee Club puts you in the driver's seat. You pick the texture and the roast you want, the frequency you want it delivered, and the quantity. You get to completely personalize your club orders, ensuring that your favorite coffee is sent to your door exactly how you want it, when you want it. Right now, Black Rifle Coffee is offering an exclusive opportunity for new Coffee Club members. Join today and enjoy 30% off your first order when you use the discount code DANGERCLOSE at checkout. That's right, 30% off just for being a part of our growing coffee community. Remember to use the discount code DANGERCLOSE at checkout. Welcome to the gear highlight portion of the Danger Close podcast. All right, have Bert Soren here with me today. Yeah. Had an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time yeah. out. Always love to see you. Uh, we have a few things from yeah. Sornex right here, but uh, where did the company start before we get to this? 1980. Uh, we started 1980 in our carport Man. in South Carolina. My dad Man. started it up. So I've been there since Jeez. 1999, 24 years. Dang. Yeah. That's a solid <laughs> run. Solid run. Yeah. Clocked in, uh, clocked in and 
June, July 1, 1999, official. Awesome. Before that, you know, family-owned business. Yeah, so yeah. You're in it to win it. Man, love it. Love it. So now, uh, what was the first product? <clears throat> the first product were probably just, be- I think we just made some benches and some squat racks we made okay. in our garage and some things that my dad wanted for uh, his own training. And then yeah. it was local high schools and churches and rec centers. And then yeah. it started migrating into university and proteins and stuff like that. And now there's, what's, which uh, gym out there <clears throat> is the the largest? Ah, uh, well, I mean, some the uh, the TAPC, they call it the Tactical Athletic Performance Center down at Benning is just mm. an absolute monster. Okay. Air Force Academy is giant. Wow. Um, University of Alabama football we just uh, installed uh, is a, probably as good as it gets when, yeah. from the college world. Got so it. It's Got just, it. So those are some of the big ones. Surprisingly, the professional space uh, NFL doesn't generally go as hard as the college guys oh, do. Interesting. Why yeah. is that? Uh, slightly smaller team, but also they pay their guys, so they don't have to recruit them as much. Oh, so interesting. millions of dollars of salary overcomes, okay. you know, when you're trying to get young athletes yeah. in there, you have to have all the bells and whistles and the coolest stuff and you're more uh, developmental versus these guys are here. You're just trying to keep them healthy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Got it. And then you have, so for people that see things on online or look at your website, you have more than just, you don't have to be a college football team or professional sports sure. team or, uh, or Fort Benning to, uh, <laughs> to, 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 to utilize some of these things like this right here. Bam. Yeah. Center mass bell. So you're right. First of all, we do a lot of stuff with individuals, mm-hmm. uh, small gems, uh, larger performance gems, but the people we, we're known as the go-to guys for the go-to guys. So mm-hmm. if people have stuff they really want to win, they want that tactical edge. That's kind of where we come and play. But this is what we call the center mass bell. So it's like a dumbbell and like a kettlebell, but you actually have in all three planes of motion, uh, you have a perfectly balanced center of mass. Yeah. So that allows you to do a lot of exercises without the flywheel effect. So you, okay. you can move, you can snatch, you can yeah. press, you can throw. You can do a lot of more organic movements and just basically it's like your hands are weighted. Yeah. So. Were you the first people to come up with this? Well, strangely enough, we have the patent on it. No one had done perfectly center mass, uh-huh. which was strange because that seems like the most obvious piece. Yeah. But we found uh, drawings of people back into the old Greek days and old Indian days using round implements around no their way. hands for weights. So okay. The idea has been around forever, and there's actually 16 or 17 patents that were already out for things similar. Mm. Everyone just missed the whole point of making it actually balanced. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. the, uh, the first time I saw them was from you guys. Yeah. And I was like, man, why hasn't anybody thought of this before? It's, it's but someone sim- did, but simplicity. now you just did yeah, it. Yeah, and we just tried to make it where the holes in both sides, you could use it two-handed. That yeah. was something that no one ever done before. So now you could do throws and, like I said, organic movements yeah. versus a specific exercise. So uh-huh. you could you could do a lot of things. And so, again, it just the simplest form of weighting your hands. Okay. Nice. And uh, of course, plates yep. and all sorts of rack systems like mine outside is yes. the, uh, people go to my Instagram. You can scroll down and see it. If you go to uh, Sornex Outdoors, I know there's some on, on sure, there as well, but the off the grid system. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was made specifically during COVID so we could get a wartime product out to people that needed to work out. And so we, it was only supposed to be a two week project just to get some out to the people okay. that were asking for racks. And then we've, we've stayed with it, but that's really not our bread and butter. Yeah. Um, most of those are the bigger rack systems that are fully integrated. Uh, so kind of like the Leatherman tool of a, okay. of, of a rack system. That's what we do a lot of, but yeah, got your bumper plates. I mean, yep. uh, that's our, our American made, that's our recon light bumper. So it's a kind of a baseline bumper weighs what it weighs mm-hmm. made in America lasts a long time. It's pretty simple. 
good one to leave outside and just bang it around, right? That's where this one is. That's right, right there. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. we'll get this thing, get oh, this place dialed yeah, in here. Dialed. But uh, yeah, that was in what, the terminal list. We had that yeah. in James Reese's garage right there. <laughs> and then you just showed me about this. What's, uh, what's yeah, that? Yeah, so this is inertia wave. So this is really cool. Uh, it's basically like a weighted rubber. So if you've done anything with battle ropes mm -hmm. or moving, so for more what we call GPP, general physical preparedness or conditioning. Okay. So it adds density to your workout. So if you want more of a cardio effect, um, you could utilize an inertia wave because you have an, a, a faster turnover point where a rope is a lot slower. It's big, it's heavy, you uh, get them dirty, whatever. You could travel easier with this. Yeah. You get a higher uptick of the, the, the need from your heart to start pumping faster. Okay. So that's where we look at that streamlined hardship. Like we're talking, hey, you got 10, 15 minutes to work out. Right. You could go do intervals without, you could get it going really quickly. Okay. So I like it as a little bit of a secret weapon. Yeah, that thing's awesome. Yeah. I think that's going to be my gateway back in yeah, here. I get, sure. get out there before just I start get, writing for the day. Just, yeah, get the you arms, know, get hit that, and then things like this. I mean, yeah, you have, things like your bands. Yeah, you know, bands. Uh, you got your rubber bands, and obviously there's a million things. Whether it could be used by itself or with barbells. Yeah. Whether it's stretching, training, and so just a just a good basic staple that most people will have in a, in a training nice. space. What do you think if you had a, a space like, let's say, a quarter of the size of uh, this room that somebody has in their house or their garage, portion of their garage, right. uh, what do you recommend if they have like a limited limited budget? Sure. Um, what, would you, what would you put in a space like that? For me, I would either say if you're base, really, really base level, I would say maybe two pairs of, of CMBs, of center mm -hmm. mass bells, probably like a... 30 pounder and a 50 a pair of 30s a pair of 50s mm -hmm. or something like that with those two you can get a lot of work done okay. you can you're not going to get a lot of heavy work done but you can get some density of your yeah. workout and some some uh some cardio aspect and with some strength training or you could go as simple as a kettlebell that leaves a lot to be wanted but if you uh -huh. really run a tight tight budget for 100 200 bucks you get something yeah. uh, from there i always like to have a barbell that's the chassis of any strength training program mm -hmm. a barbell and plates because you get axial load axial meaning the spine and the, mm -hmm. the trunk of the body okay and then you have little pieces like center mass bells that are going to add uh that versatility you add something in like an inertia wave for more of a cardio effect yeah. you could be in it for for not a whole lot of money and yeah. still get strong uh get fit reduce uh body fat due to caloric expenditure so you can get a lot of stuff done and then if you can, some sort of racking system that will hold that bar off the ground for a safe position for bench press, for squats, or something you put the bar up top and do pull-ups awesome. so you could then get into more working your body weight. Okay, nice. Get it, yeah. Get it done with some quality equipment without <laughs> uh, without breaking the bank and stuff yeah. that's going to last. Like you look at this, like this thing's lasting essentially forever. Yeah, well, it was under eight zillion feet of snow this summer. All winter, winter. yeah. <laughs> it was under, under, yep, all this stuff was. Yeah, it's not going was. anywhere. That's ductile iron, so it's different than cast iron, so it, it doesn't break. So uh, American-made, and it's, uh, it's cool stuff. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks. And it's, uh, is it Sornex.com? Sornex.com. And then what's your personal Instagram? Uh, my personal is Bert Soren. No, no dots in there? I don't think so. I know, you have to think. <laughs> okay. Bert Soren or, or Sornex online uh, or on Instagram or Sornex Outdoors. Brother. Well, hey, thanks Thank so you. so much. Appreciate it. Thank now I just got to use this stuff. Yeah, thanks for all you do, and thanks for being a gear guy. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care out there. Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. To find out more about Bert Soren, be sure and follow him on Instagram at Bert Soren. Also follow Sornex and Sornex Outdoors, and of course, Sornex.com, where you can link to all of the social channels. 
You can follow me at Jack Carr USA on the social channels, officialjackcar.com. That's the website. Click on shop in the upper right-hand corner for the merch. And if you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next time, take care out there. Stay safe. Be strong. Keep fighting. <laughs>